Once again, coming at you from New Jersey, the capital of misery and the place where metal forgot to die, this is Here Lies Metal, the podcast that brings you the origins, history, and culture of everything metal. Once again, I am Maledictus, and once again, we have the lovely Samantha here, and we will be your overlords for today and all of eternity. Welcome. Before we begin, as usual, I've decided to do the news, and these are a few news stories that the metal media at large has been covering this week and last, so if you haven't heard them already, get ready for the maledicted spin on these stories. And now for the news. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, uh-oh. So, in strange Grammy news, the 2018 Grammys, in, or 2000, right? Those are the 2018 Grammys, yes. the ones that are from last strange, year. Strange, but pleasantly surprising. Uh-huh. And there's always strange things happen at the Grammys. Like usually bad things happen at the Grammys. I mean, ever since Metallica lost the thing to Jethro Tull, you know, Everyone's realized the Grammys really don't give a shit about metal, and it's only gotten worse. So, so say, say, why don't you say this? What? Why don't you say no. the news? You, you can't just drop me in on it. Uh, you're, you're part of this show, aren't you? <laughs> so, All right. you know. Well, in today's news, High on Fire, who amazingly were nominated at all for Best Metal Performance for the track Electric Messiah off their new album, Electric Messiah, actually fucking won it they won and they beat out between the buried and me death heaven trivium, trivium our favorite band and under oath and i was actually watching this because i just reactivated the hero eyes metal twitter so i was watching this all in real time so i predicted that between the buried and me would win because you know they're like popular yeah and they're like very technical yeah and, and everyone knows trivium sucks so they weren't gonna win i mean everyone knows that <laughs> I mean, Even the I was hoping. That. that was like the worst. Yeah. Actually, I looked up Under Oath because I'd never heard of them and I regret it because now Spotify is punishing me. They're like, haha, you like Under Oath. And Under Oath is terrible. Yeah. Do not, do, do not look them up. Yeah. Deaf Heaven is like whatever. I should have put them on punchable bands. They're probably punchable, right? Oh, they're For very, sure. We can't put punchable. We can't put everyone. Highly we, we'll be here all day. So. But anyway, High on Fire one. And it's all over the internet, really. Everyone's talking about it. it there's memes on it every day. Highly I've. I've posted it like i've posted way too many memes on this so far you probably saw them you're like all right enough with the mat like we know but um the fact that everyone really thinks it's funny that trivium lost out so there's really a lot of um there's, there's really a lot of attacks on trivium which is I, fine I, like i thought between the buried and me would win but i guess people thought trivium would win yeah and people were upset maybe trivium is the most popular band maybe i don't that know was on i don't know anyway. if they are but i was happy to see that they all that high on fire was there Matt yeah. pike was looking pretty good wore a shirt <laughs> he put a shirt on. <laughs> I think he wore a, like a like a real shirt, like a wasn't like a tux, but he wore a shirt. You know, he did wear a yeah. shirt. Yeah, it's like and, a button uh, shirt. I watched I watched the video of them get the award, and they were seated way in the back. Of course, of course, that's where they do like mm, put and those I was guys. Because you know he had a cane. Yeah, because he has but you know he, his toes he messed like, up. He booked it down there, mm-hmm. and he did not look you know unsteady at all. He was like, so, "Look at this, everyone! Look, look, mom, I won." Like, <laughs> he was happy. He wasn't. That was like. That was like, just such a funny image to yeah. him like crouching over that microphone. He was just like, ah! He was like half his height. I won! <laughs> it's like 
it happened at the uh, you know non televised section yeah. of the Grammys. See what they do these days for metal, and they and I feel like they used to not do this. They used to only have one category for metal back in the days when you know Metallica lost it. That was like during prime time. But now they're like, hey, wait a minute, we can't have that. So they the Grammys basically go all day. A lot of people win Grammys if you don't know this. Look, I've known people that have won Grammys. Like they give them oh. to a lot of people. It's not just oh, really? yeah. It's not just mainstream acts. It's like. People all, they're for people all over the industry. Someone I went to high school with won a Grammy. Like, he wins one, he's won a couple of them, like, for doing sound work. So, you know, and in the daytime, they put metal in there with all of these, you know, music industry people. Because you're like, what does metal matter? Like, even when a band like Ghost or Greta Van Fleet wins, they put them on the daytime. And, you know, both of those bands are very popular. And yet, they still go on when no one's watching. By the way, Ghost lost to Greta Van Fleet because Ghost is now considered rock by the Grammys. And even rock is put in the daytime. I mean, come on, people. I think Greta Van Fleet should have... They should have at least been primetime. They kind of make money, people. If You know, that's not good enough for you, I guess. I mean, I'm very happy Hard and Far won with the Grammys as a joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everyone knows that. I mean, even just look at this category. Like, I can't... It did really surprise me to see them nominated. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, think of, like... Like, Sleep had a new album this year. Yeah. And not that I'm, like, a, you know, I love High on Fire, and I think this is a good new album, too, but, like, it surprised me that Sleep's yeah, first album in, like, what, is 20 pretty, years? It's pretty popular. Would, wouldn't get nominated yeah. for High on Fire? Like, it's very popular. Probably more popular than High on Fire. I, oh, I think definitely. in the metal world. Oh, for sure. Has accepted like, so that's it. that's why I was, yeah. like, it just seems so random that they were nominated. Yeah. And I was like, wow, and I mean, then they won. And way like, more oh, hipsters God. like Sleep than High on Fire, I think. Wow. So, well, this isn't hipster land. This is, you know... This is the industry. It's the opposite. This is the industry, people. But a lot of people are saying, you know, they just picked a bunch of random metal bands. They're like, all right, uh, I guess we'll pick high... Because the Grammys are completely clueless. You know, they had no one really thinking about this. You know, they're like, I guess Trivium, that sounds good. Let's put them on there. You know, let's put uh, let's put a bunch of mean-sounding, like, buried... Be between the buried. You know, we'll, we'll put... That sounds pretty metal, right? We'll put that on. High on fire. That that sounds pretty metal. You know, oh, well, I guess we'll pick high on fire. I don't know how it works, but... It, Everyone knows it's horseshit. Do you, do you think they won because they were sad that uh, Pike's been sick? Uh, did they know? Did they even know that? They're like, hey, you know, I'm maybe sure he's, they knew. Maybe he'll die, I'm so sure we should. They, I don't, you know, whoever cared like, enough in the academy like, to vote who's in this category. Doing, do, well, they took a look at them. They took at pictures of all them. They're like, who looks the sorriest? They're like, that guy. You're like, that guy Definitely. looks like he's 60. Like, they looked at the he's Trivium never guy. He's Grammy before. Yeah, like he's only like, in, he's still in his 40s. But they probably looked at the Trivium guy, Matt Heath, and he looks good. You know, he's just a good-looking guy with tattoos. They're like, oh, not him. No, he's not. No, like, no, we can't. It would, it would be wrong to pick him. I mean, I don't know how old the other bands are, but I'm sure they They're young. Like I think they're younger than Matt Pike, I think. Oh, yeah. Someone yeah. like Matt Heafy is probably only in his 30s. He's definitely younger than me. Uh, okay, let's move on from this stupid subject that no one cares about. What else have we got here? Um, oh, oh well, a little bit Same more Grammy. A little more Grammy, but just yo, know, a quick one. As you all know, Vinny, Vince, Vince, Paul died this year of unknown reasons. Probably in his heart. He was a fat guy. I'm sorry. And um, a lot of people are angry that he was not mentioned um, as well as many other people, actually, that died this year were not mentioned. I mean, obviously, they mentioned someone like Chris Cornell, but, they, you know, they didn't mention guys like Vinnie Paul and other guys like uh, Caleb Schofield and a few other people that died this year that were really more part of, I guess, what you might there, call 
Vinnie Paul is bigger yeah. than those. Yeah, he's like, and he's I'm been surprised he wasn't. He's been nominated four times for Grammys too. That's the, that's where people are like, what? He's you know you know who he is, you know, and I guess the medal just means nothing to you at all because he's been in your organization before. So yeah, you know the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. In uh, other news. Ozzy, this is, well, we're going to update this. Ozzy is dying. I, this is updated, of course. Ozzy's fine. He's back home. But, you know, he was actually in the hospital, and, like, it got worse, whatever problem he was having. And it's all because I punched him a few weeks ago. I, I'm sorry for punching. Fault, and then you predicted his death. Yes. I, I'm like, I, I'm like, him. this is it. I'm like, this is it. He's going. That's it. I still don't think he's going to make the year, but don't quote me on that. Um, he's but he's, fine, he's still going to, he's fine. And he's going to getting ready to continue the tour. It was definitely Aussie Death Watch. So. Yeah, I was, I was like, here it comes, here it comes. And there was actually was people... alarming articles. Yeah, and there were some people posting fake news, like the, that, the people from SMOD, from um, those fucking Nazis. Um, they were like, some people were like, post. yeah, people were posting Ozzy's dead. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, like come on. Spreading lies yeah. about Yeah, I was like, come on. Like, really? Like, really? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna really take what you guys say seriously. So Ozzy's fine. He's going home. You know, let him let him die on. Maybe that's what he wants to do. He's like, I want to. I don't want to die in a bed. I want to die on the goddamn stage. Can I have that, please? All right. Anyway, in political news, political metal news. As you know, I hate God. One of our favorite bands here at Here Lies Metal. Um. So apparently, for a concert promotion in Ark in the in the wonderful state of Arkansas, uh, I hate God featured Arkansas Senator Jason Rappert. Uh, eating a baby and no and i had seen it when it came out and i didn't even think much of it apparently jason rappert responded he was very angry and i hate god for using depicting him in such a way and the reason why they did is because of the state of arkansas and their um recent laws to um or against you know pro-choice things right what do you have to say about this i don't know i just think it's pretty awesome yeah and, well, you should read out um, the response to the senator. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, well written. you know, because obviously the senator called out. He spoke out against I hate God. He's obviously triggered by this. You know, so um, Mike, Michael Nine Williams, as they call him. Is that is, he has a Roman numeral. I was just called him Mike Williams. Nine. So I, I, just, I, I, ever, I never knew he was Michael Nine Williams. He sounded like a robot or something. But Michael Nine Williams said in an open letter to Jason Rappert, Republican of Arkansas, Thank you for all the attention you've given I Hate God show in Little Rock, Arkansas. Any image that was used of you is is protected under the First Amendment, which supposedly protects us Americans. Please stick to destroying people's lives, trying to ban same-sex marriages, opposing medical marijuana legalization, threatening minorities, and absolutely attacking women's rights to choose. Your moral crusade against basic human rights will be fought at every turn. Michael Nine Williams of I Hate God. Southern Nihilism Front. There you go. That's my Michael Nine Williams. Always always speaking out. He is um great guy. We all love Michael Nine Williams. It's a so, beautiful exchange. Yeah. Yeah, we like you know, he's uh 
He's keeping it real, as you know. And I, he's you know, not, he's not going uh, conservative like never. Old metal, old metal guys. I guess. Well, I hate guys not successful enough. To yeah, be. they've oh. been doing the same thing. The first time I saw them in the nineteen nineties, they are in the same position. I mean, probably more popular due to the internet, but they're basically in the same position. They still travel around in a shitty van. I remember seeing them open. It's maybe a few months ago. They opened for um, Coc and and the great Zach Wild. And, you know, both of those bands have these big buses, and I Hate God rolls up in this shitty bus. And when we're lining up to go out, we're basically next to their bus, and they're in there. I think, like, uh, I, I think uh, Jimmy Bauer was in there. And the door opens, and just basically a bunch of bottles of piss are, are just, just spill out of the van. I mean, because these guys are still living real, and, um, you know, they are doing it. They, you know, they're... Nothing is going better for them. They're working hard and they're loving what they do, and they tour like crazy. They still are, too, despite Michael uh, Williams's recent health problems. I mean, he's back and he's going strong and he looks great. So all hail, I hate God. Um, now uh, this has been going on. The next story has been going on the news for a while. Um, it it uh, refers to Tim Lambesis, I and mean, we usually make fun of this guy, as does the metal press. They love to make fun of this guy because he's a really easy target. I mean, he's really punchable. Um, he's from the band As I Lay Dying, who sounds terrible, isn't it? It's just one of those bands. I, I it's I like between the buried. Them. It's it's one of those like liquid metal bands. You know, one of those Jose Mengen bands. I think. You know, previous like obviously they won't play them anymore, but you know they were like one of those bands. I think, but. As you know, Tim Lambesis went to jail for only, like, they gave him only, like, three years, which is ridiculous, for... They gave him six, but he six. was out. Oh, he was a good boy. He was a good boy. good. Yeah, he was good. Okay. And... Uh, he was also white. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh... Basically, he tried to hire someone to kill his wife. And usually when you do that, you get a lot of time in jail, I think. It was an undercover should... cop. Yeah, which, yeah, which is Sorry, usually yeah. is how that happens. That's usually you call up an undercover... Like, obviously, like, like someone, like, is really going to show up to have you kill you. It's going to be an undercover cop dummy. It's, you know, morons. Like, this has been done a thousand times, and you fell for the same trap, you dummy. And, um, but he, as he, as you know, he's back with a new lineup of As I Lay Dying. No, it's the same lineup. Oh, it was the same guys? I thought I it was new so. guys. No, really? I think they, I mean. So they were okay they, with playing with this? They forgave him. Oh, okay. I do think he, he owns, like, the name I, yeah. As I Lay Dying. Yeah, he definitely does, yeah. Which is why he wasn't just replaced back okay. when he went to jail. Right, they them. couldn't, they couldn't work without him, right? They, um, but a, I think it's all the same same dude really okay which is funny because i was reading about this i got kind of interested in this um because i've never had interest in necessarily dying before yes but um who does apparently they're not a christian band but they are all heavily identified as christian really or were they always that so or did they become like, that like you know, they were just like all christian dudes and they don't sing about like christian so they're not like christian metal oh, okay okay but they all they all are like strongly identify as Christian. Really, and that's like a tying factor of the band, and a lot of their fans are religious. Oh, it's like puddle of mud, I guess. So I think that just makes his whole story even more oh. ridiculous. So they didn't find God after jail. He always was like that. Yeah, no, he... he lost God, and then he tried to kill his wife. Oh, he lost God. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I think he's back to God now. Sure, that's you know that works well for your parole board. I think. Um, you know, when you tell I like God, you're like, oh, very good, very good. You're 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 believing in something. Very good. Um, I think a lot of people in prison, they're like, oh yeah, I'm religious all of a sudden. So anyway, he, uh, with his stupid band, he wanted to play a club in Memphis called Growlers, and they uh, have very uh, strong stance against violence against women, domestic abuse, and they refused, as I lay dying, to play there. So um, 
Sam Lambesis uh, responded uh, to, to his show's cancellation. And here's Tim Lambesis' quote. Well, I was disappointed by the cancellation of our show in Memphis. He's from California. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, well, I'm not giving him a southern accent. I mean, you know, he looks like the kind of guy that talks like this, you know. So I don't know how he talks, but I imagine Tim Lambesis, you know, being like a real tough guy. You know, he bosses women around. He's like, get over here. Where's my dinner? Why are you home late? Okay. So, I understand and accept the resentment. Yes, you do. Uh, some people have towards who I used to be. Oh, you used to be. Lambisa said in this post. However, I wish we could have come up with a more meaningful solution for the bands in Memphis. For the fans in Memphis, sorry. Rather than just cancel. Perhaps I could visit a recovery center in Memphis. A free event to our fans. Bring those who served in the center or I could uh, open up for Q&A and all questions are welcome. You know, so he wants what, to... What does he mean by recovery center? Yeah, maybe for violence against women, like a like a home. What? Those you are know. like, the location of those places are a secret. Oh, really? So yes, because the women get staying there are fleeing <laughs> right. abusive, it's Like they're know, they're afraid <laughs> They're afraid you yeah. might come get them. <laughs> no, yeah, those... You don't have events at those places. Yeah, there you go. He's like, where are they? He's like, where are these women? I'm going to find them. No, I know where you are. talking about recovery, like drug recovery. Maybe. But I think it would be more appropriate because, for him to be talking about, you know, violence against women. Yeah, well, well, what do you, his whole excuse for his, you know, attempted hit was he was roided out. Yes. He's that, a big roid guy. Yeah. Um, actually, in prison, they were making fun of him because he developed man boobs because obviously he was roided out and he obviously was not allowed to take roids anymore and, or really, you know enhance that stuff so i think when that happens you you become idle you start developing like man boobs as a result if you you know so people are making fun of him because he had man boobs i think makes me happy yeah which you know it must have been you made you very popular in prison you were very very popular in prison anyway i'm sure nice looking boy like you i think they also got cut from a big festival in europe oh good there you go earlier last fall yeah but um what do you think about this kind of thing uh, the the whole thing in general? Yeah. Like, yeah, th- you know, this is, like, this isn't some little thing. He tried, he tried to, he really tried to hire someone to kill someone. But you're also someone who happily watches Varg on YouTube. I do. It's hilarious. Like, would you be upset well, if YouTube, they actually might have well, already done it, in, pulled in, Varg off? In, um, some, in, in, uh, what, what, which am I called the word I'm looking for? In any kind of shadow of doubt, and I know Varg's a crazy dude, you know, with his Eurocentrism and stuff, and it's just hilarious just listening to him, because uh, everyone just thinks he's an idiot, but in some shadow of a doubt, in some devil's advocate thing, what if it was self-defense? You know? So, you... No one, I think everyone agrees... Him getting put off, cut off YouTube. I, I think, uh, I don't I think he might be cut off YouTube. He might already I haven't off. seen him in a while. But Maybe I'm just he was, not so looking he definitely for him. Was, would you be would I want him being cut off of YouTube? Probably not. No. What about if this guy had a YouTube? Uh, yeah, he could talk. Like, whatever. He could talk. Like, what's harms, you know. And what's he going to talk about? Like, is he going to so, talk about, but, like, pro-violence against women? I don't, I don't think he is. So you would say, it's okay they're you know? on YouTube, but you would also be against Varg touring? Um, I think no, Varg, listen, no one's going to stop Varg from touring. Like, no law is going to stop him if people don't want him to play. Well, no, I'm not, yeah, this is, we're not talking about a legal thing or nothing. Yeah. Here. We're talking about, if, like, If people, venues don't want him to play. This is like, you know, like, the free speech, free speech people Free speech involves, free speech means the government kicks down your door when you yeah, say something. I, I said that sarcastically. Yeah. Um, 
if if a venue does not want you for any reason, they don't have to have you for any reason. Like they'll be like we or we they could be like, hey, no one's gonna come if you play. Like, why would they want you? They want to make money. Make you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, you you don't have a right to play anywhere on a private venue. You know, like that's that's pretty simple. No venue has to take you. So I don't know. I supposedly he was offered like money to. And what she says, it was some large amount of money that he claims to play with uh, whatever band, Burtsum, Burtsum, and uh, he refused. He's like, I would not play with them. You know, and he, <laughs> you think and you're better than them? Apparently. And apparently uh, some great deal of money was offered, which I doubt. I really don't think so, Varg. Because you would have taken, you, you, I think you live in a Volkswagen van with your family, like some weird hippie in France. And uh, maybe he likes minimalism, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, I was reading about, it was really depressing because like, you know, we have this little thing here, but other than that, like, as I lay dying, shows are sold out. Really? When they got back together and started playing again, really? they sold out. Jesus, why don't, I don't understand and that Everyone culture. was happy to... Oh my god, he's, he's back. back. He's back, and he's better. Right, he's better, he's better. he won't kill any, he might not kill you. Um, okay, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't relate, because I don't, I would never be into. It sounds like a band. I hate to be judgment. Wait, but that's what I do. I'm judge. That's what I do. I'm, I'm an expert at being judgmental by hearing someone's name, and that just sounds like a shitty name of a band I wouldn't like. My writer, like that's how I, I operate. Agree, that's why I've never yeah. listened to them. If you're if you named your, that sounds like an emo band. Am I right? Like that sounds like sort of like a heavier emo it band. Yeah, it's like a metalcore. Yeah, but you know, it's like a dumb. It's like ugh, it sounds like a kind of band that does that. You know, mm-hmm. idea. This is. I'm not going to be into that. I'm I'm old. I'm not going to be into that. It's not going to happen. Anyway, let's move on to more important news. Dixie Dave. We all know Dixie Dave. You know, he's, uh, you know, the most scummiest scumbag in all of sludge metal. Uh, originally from Buzz Oven. He's from, from North Carolina. Scumbag. Yeah, he's a scummy dude. And, he's scummy, and, but he's not No, he's not a bad... No, I don't think he's a bad... No, I think he's a very nice person. There we go. Yeah. Scumbag But is... he's a, you know, he's a dirty person, but that's normal in this sludge scene, you know? He's a guy from North Carolina, North Carolina, but he has some rules about traveling on the road, which is very helpful to some young bands traveling on the road. And if he doesn't know, nobody does, because he's been there, done that, people. Okay, he's done everything. He's missing all of his teeth, for God's sakes. You know, Dixie Dave is the realest guy out there. So Dixie Dave wants you to know a couple of tips, and, and some of them are a little more significant than others. Number one is don't drive, obviously. You know, when you're, you don't want to be one of those bands that has to drive themselves. So many bands have done that, but he's like. Whatever it takes not to do that, you know, you have to put up some extra money, you know. But um, try to appreciate where you live, meaning, you know, he comes to North Carolina. He's proud of that. And, you know, when you're traveling the country, you might realize that where you come from is a lot better than you think. So um, silence or softness in the van is is golden. So most of the time, Dixie Dave likes to travel without music in the van. You know, very rarely does he like, and if it is, it's probably not metal he's listening to. He wants kind of quiet because he's been playing all day. Now, these three rules are very, you know, nice and good. And, but you know, now he gets into normal. the, yeah, he gets into the dirty stuff. Now it's going to get weird. Yeah. And this is, you know, this makes sense if you really, you know, living on the road is not, is not easy. You know, it's not clean. It's not pretty. You know, um, diaper it up. What that means is sometimes you're not going to be able to shit in a in a bathroom. So you you do the math there. You know, some guys do this at concerts because they want to remain in their position for like hours. Yeah, there's a there's a guy who's on um one of the uh, he, he's on Liquid Metal somewhere. He's he's uh, but his thing is that he wears diapers when he's at a show. So like if he's at a Metallica show or something, he wants to stay up front. He's not, and he wants oh, to drink out of beer. Crowd. Yeah. 
So that goes for being in a crowd. No, 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 no. That goes for being in the crowd, and that goes for being on tour in the at the same um, way Dixie Dave might be. Obviously, someone like Metallica doesn't ever have to worry about wearing diapers. But Dixie Dave, you know, he doesn't know when he's gonna hit a bathroom. Yeah, he's in some van, so you know what I mean. He might have to shit in his pants or piss in his pants. This is what happens. Now, more importantly, after you do that, make sure you don't shower after you shit yourself. This is the next rule. Or wash your clothes because um, what he claims is showering. Um, deletes your armor. Basically, when you have all this grime and filth on you, that's armor from sickness. And it's like you got the good bacteria. Yeah, he might have a point. In, in some might be true. gross way, he, he might have a point. <laughs> and after you don't shower or wash your clothes, make sure you use the jacuzzi at your hotel. Make sure you get a hotel room with a jacuzzi. A lot of like sleazy places kind of have jacuzzis. So he's using that jacuzzi. So anytime... So being that he's used the jacuzzi, you probably don't want to. Just if you're ever going to a hotel or a little shitty motel and planning on using a jacuzzi, find out where um, Weed Eater has gone on tour. And if they were at that place before you, make sure you you probably just, don't. You know, keep that mental image in your head yeah, of Dixie Dave. Of like some really ratty looking guy <laughs> who, who hasn't, hasn't showered <laughs> in months. Maybe not months, weeks. Yeah. And also shits his pants sometimes. Yep. And he's using, yeah, so make sure you know where Weed Eater is on tour when you're going to, if you're traveling the road, just little tips, you know. It's probably more prevalent than you think. Yeah, I'm sure sure he's not the only guy that goes in jacuzzis and doesn't bathe. And I'm sure the hotel does not bother cleaning. If you've ever been to a road hotel or a motel, they're they're not nice experiences. They're not, they're meant to sleep in the bed above the covers. If you don't have Dixie Dave's road armor. Bacteria, you yeah, you're get just in the getting, jacuzzi because you will get sick. You're gonna die of dysentery. dysentery. You have died of dysentery on the Oregon Trail. Um, and finally, most importantly, when heading up north to Canada, pretend you're Audio Slave. They're gonna ask you what kind of band. They're gonna, hey, so what kind of band are you, eh? And they'll be like, uh, we're like Audio Slave. That's all they want to hear. Okay, don't say you're weed. Don't say you're weed eater when you're going into Canada. It's probably not a good idea. They're probably gonna search your van. Well, no, he says, so say you sound like us. Yeah, say you sound like. Yeah, not that they you are. They they know like. they know you're not Chris Cornell. <laughs> they they know that. Know, it's new to but <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, Chris Cornell's dead. Yeah, but um, say you sound like weed eater. Don't, don't I'm say you sound like yourself. Don't say you you are called weed eater because they will give you an anal probing. Okay, and what else do we got here? So uh, with that, um, I wish you all good luck and good God luck and good speed. Wow, I said that wrong. Can't, can't mess that up. That's what Dixie Day was. Well, it. you said the thing that was already said wrong, wrong, so you said it right. I said it right, naturally, but, you know, Dixie Dave wants you all to have God luck you and good speed. You didn't do the Dixie Dave voice. Oh, I, got, oh, I, do, I, I, do, I didn't do the Dixie Dave voice. So let's do it in the Dixie Dave voice. Right. I, I wish y'all God luck and good speed. That, that's Dixie Dave. It's a little more intense than Michael Williams. Okay, because Dixie Dave is in North Carolina. Even though North Carolina isn't as south as New Orleans, it's it's like way more redneck. I'm gonna say he's from Cape Fear. You know, so I don't know if that's tough, but I think it's more redneck than New Orleans. I think New Orleans is a little more. Maybe he's a poser. Maybe it's not redneck at all. Uh, he's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> he's like, I'm from North Carolina. He's like, I'm not from. Anyway. So I'm not from Alabama, for God's sake. Okay, uh, and finally, um, in our continuing series and the theme of. The uh, Here Lies Metal News. What is Tobias Forge doing? That's what we do every week. We're like, what's Tobias Forge? I wonder what Tobias Forge is doing. I mean, how can we not report on it? Yeah, he's always doing something. I mean, there's always something going on with Tobias Forge. So this week, you know, they were talking about his court case with his former um, session band members or guys that record with him. You know, he obviously goes through band members very quickly. But um, 
one of his former bandmates, uh, Martin Persner, was uh, actually with with him for a while. Was in uh, Magna Carta Cartel with him, and I think other bands. Um, so, um, however, they ruled against um, those whoever the party that was a wanted. You know, they ruled that they were accessories musicians. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Basically, so, you're not getting paid this because you're you're not owed employees. any more money. Yeah. Tobias Ford gets to keep it all because he's the boss, and and that's generally how it works. However, the uh, people who did not get the money. The parties that did not, the plaintiff, I guess, that did not get their their earnings, their lost earnings, they claim, uh, claim a mistrial because Tobias Forge and the judge are Freemasons. <gasps> Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Now, it just I, that kind of just makes me a little, you know, makes me a little... I'm not. I'm not some tinfoil hat. I'm not. I'm not like Alex Jones. I don't think you know they're they're using WalMarts as training centers and and containment centers for people that don't. Um, no, but seriously, that makes me like. What if Tobias Forge, like he's pushing all this like pseudo satanic stuff on us just to like destabilize Christianity, and it's some sort of like Masonic conspiracy? I mean, conspiracy? why is he a Freemason? I don't know. Why are people? He seems like anti-establishment. I know. You'll be surprised. Like, that's the point of like Satanism. Yeah. Like that kind of like but I philosophical think Satanism. They do weird things like that though. Like they, like I've met free. Like you'll never, you'll be surprised. Maybe who's a Freemason? Maybe he's infiltrating the Freemasons. Maybe, or maybe they're infiltrating us. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've met people that are Freemasons, and you're like, watch this. That guy's a Freemason. Like they don't, they don't talk about it. Don't ask them because they're not going to tell. Don't they're not going to tell you about you know one one first rule about Freemasonry is we don't talk about Freemasonry. Um, the second rule is the same. The third rule is the same. So, you know, it just makes me just cautious. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of weird. You know, what, like, what if this whole thing is just like a, like a, they're just trying to destabilize the world or something. I don't know. I don't understand. I, I couldn't even begin to understand what's going on. And, anyway, and the, they lost the appeal. So yeah. it didn't matter that the judge they, was Freemason. Yeah, they lost the appeal. You know, didn't didn't cause a mistrial or anything. So anyway, speaking of uh, Ghost and Tobias Forge, they were of course, you know, went to the Grammys and they lost. They, they according to this article, they're not having a good year. I, I tend to disagree <laughs> because they lost they're a few. Fine. Yeah, I think they're fine. I think they're doing fine. Um, they're probably doing better than they've ever done. Yeah, they lost a, a Grammy to uh, Greta Van Fleet, you know, because they were in the rock category, obviously, which was still done in the daytime. Um, you know, obviously, people, some people are comparing it to Metallica versus Jethro Tull in 1989, but I think that's horseshit. That's, I mean, if they put them in the thing with Greta Van Fleet, they're probably going to lose. Some people are also surprised that St. Vincent was in the same category. I don't know. Where else are you going to put them? You know, whatever. They're but, not really paying attention over there. Yeah, they're just like, whatever, throw them all in there. And he actually had to come in his, as his face with his wife um, without, you know, in his real face. Um, he could not come as Cardinal Copia because there is a new rule for security purposes at the Grammys where you cannot come in a mask. So he had to come as Tobias Forge in the flesh. And that... Well, let's let's talk very quickly about Doyle. Oh, you want to go over that? Okay, we'll do that now. Okay, so this is just in breaking. Here lies metal news. We just saw this today, um, on um, February seventeenth. Tobias, uh, pff, Tobias Force, Doyle von Frankenstein of the Misfits and of his own thing, um, recently quoted. Uh, he's very angry right now because he did basically like a lot of bands. He charges for meet and greets. Some bands charge a lot of money. Doyle only charges fifty dollars, which is very reasonable. 
However, Doyle does not, he, he um, just stated, um, he, he admitted how much he hates doing this, and, he ha- and he's forced to do these meet and greets with these stupid, idiotic fans because um, people are stealing his music, and he doesn't make any money like that. And, he, and, of course, bands really don't make any money from streaming. You have to, like, have, like, a million plays to make, like, a minimum wage, basically. Um, so he's very angry. He's very irate about the whole thing. And he says he wants them to shut down the Internet for a day to fix their problem. He's like, fuck this. Shut down the fucking Internet. Just fix this fucking problem. I'm tired of this shit. But, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from because people steal music. Apparently, people still steal music. And people stream, of course, which isn't stealing, but it's very not very lucrative to the band. Um, so, um, you know, Doyle is not known for his intellect, so he says things like shut down the, it's a very Trump thing to say, but, you know, I, I feel for Doyle, though, because it's, it's like, you know, I, he's a very hardworking guy, there's no two ways about it, and, you know, he's struggling, and of course he's doing that Misfits show this year, he is doing that, so that's, that's a paycheck for him, but, you know, he has to work hard, he has to keep working, you know, like a lot of bands. So. I don't know, when you just, when you read what he said, like, it comes out on very hard, like, the way he talks about like how he doesn't want to meet his fans. Yes, he shouldn't say that. Also, there was like a subtext of like fuck them because they're the ones stealing my music. <laughs> like the ones buying the meet and greet were the ones doing it to him, and that's yeah. why he didn't want to meet them. Yeah, it's them. And it's like, look, the fans are not why you're not making money yeah. in the music industry. Like, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, it's the music industry in general. It's just where it is. It's the internet. Um, it's just the way it's gonna be. Like a lot of publications were kind of saying, hey, you know, it's not a right to be successful in the music it's a privilege that you're even there you just have to deal with it you know it's not easy you know most bands are not going to do well like only a few bands are going to be like Metallica but you know I understand why you're angry and you're right you know he's like a he's like an old you know guy who voted for Trump you know and I'm not saying he did that but he's I'm comparing him to like an old person yeah he's a vegan I'm not going to say he's a Trump, but he's like one of those old guys who feels like their lives are threatened, their jobs are threatened because of, you know, other people. Yeah, he's showing his age here. Yeah, and it's not the same. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a comparison. It's not the same context, but it's the same. It's a comparison how, how he's acting. You know, he's like, just shut down the internet. Just fuck this. You know, you can't, obviously you can't shut down the internet because of that, Doyle. Um, but, you know, I feel for you, dude. I understand you're getting old and it's harder to make money. It's not, things aren't getting any better, but you got to keep at it. You know, you're a healthy person. You're in great shape. You know, you got a beautiful wife, you know, who is kind of a shithead in her own way, <laughs> who her and her band are kind of... A beautiful relationship. Yes, yes, you know, uh, who treats photographers very poorly. But uh, whatever, dude, you have a you have a good, you know, you have a chihuahua dog. I've seen pictures of it. And, um, you know, you have kids. You know, you have, you're in the Misfits. You're going to play with the Misfits. It's, you things are, you know, you're, you have to do what you got to do. You, you don't have a Ferrari, I'm sorry, you know. What do you drive? Do you, even, you know, I wonder what he drives. I bet it's deny. I bet you it's like a truck. Yes. It's like a truck or something. You know. Anyway. But anyway, Doyle. News done. That's the news for today, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, today we're going to do something different. For the first time, we are going to introduce a Metal Bios episode. Now, of course, this was on my list of things to do. And I've been mostly giving you playlist episodes. But this time we're going to actually get into a specific band and everything they've done their whole career and our opinions about them. Um, so we should get it started then. Yes. And so here we go. Metal Bios, Manowar. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to our first metal bio song featuring the kings of metal, Manowar. And I must warn you, all the false prophets, deceivers, wimps and posers, losers, and general practitioners of false metal, beware. And may black wind, fire, and steel eternally plague your existence should you fit the description of any of the aforementioned enemies of metal. Or should you choose to blaspheme the sacred tomes for what you are about to hear. Behold the kings of metal. All right. <laughs> now with that out of the way. We, yes, that was uh, my monologue there. Now, um... Right now we're playing Black Hours, by the way. It's, you know, it's a funny song by Manowar. It's about Joey DeMaio telling you how he feels about people like you, practitioners of false metal. But... Was that Joey speaking? Yeah, of course. That's how he sounds. He sounds... He's like, he talks like this. He's very intense and serious. He talks in... He has a natural reverb in his voice, yes. Every time he talks, it's like there's an echo. But this is going to be a history of Manowar from the beginning. So, should we tell the story of Manowar? Where should we begin? They met their English crowd in a backstage room. They heard the sound, and they all knew what they had to do. Manowar began, basically, in 1980, when Joey DeMaio, uh, he's the bassist and king and dictator of the band, uh, he met Ross the Boss, uh, working as a bass tech, and, and a fireworks manager for Ron James Dio's Black Sabbath for the Heaven and Hell tour. You think Dio got him that job? Yes. I, probably, because... How else do you a fireworks manager? Yeah, I, I, Joey DeMond just seems like the kind of guy that plays at fireworks. He's like, check this out. You know, I just picture him back in upstate New York, you know, in Auburn, New York, where they come from, which we'll get to in a, a minute. Guys like that, I don't yeah, and Joey DeMond is basically one of those kind of guys that, you know... Like, he was the kind of guy who's probably blowing stuff up and playing bass. You know, he was that kind of guy. As he met, as he got involved in this, as it started, um, Ross the Boss, who, of course, was a former member of the legendary Dictators. So Ross the Boss is probably kind of well-known in music, you know, for, you know, more, like, uh, music circles that are more, you know, into, like, good bands. I mean, I don't think the Dictators are hugely popular, but... You know, he was someone well-known, whereas Joey DeMaio was kind of just like this roadie, this glorified roadie for Black Sabbath, you know, mind you. But it was kind of like a, sort of like a low point Ross Black Sabbath. Ross the Boss was opening for Sabbath. Yeah. In and, a real band. Yeah. So Ross the Boss was in a band called um, the... Uh, Shaken Street. Shaken Street. They were like a French band that he was in, apparently. And uh, he was he opening. Around. Yeah. They were... Um, hmm? He gets around. Gets around. He's a very open-minded guy, as we'll discuss. So he was uh, with this band, Shaken Street, and they shared music. You know, they bonded. They became bros, man. You know, shared musical interests, became friends, you know. And, uh, and Ronnie, of course, uh, recommended that Joey join up with this guy and form a band. And that's, you know, what they tell their story. You met our English crowd in the backstage room. We, burnt, we heard the sound. So that's about, man. It's about him meeting Ross the Boss in England. It's romantic. It is very romantic, the story of um, the formation of Man of War. I wrote a song about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Man of War, of course, they, they talk about, you know, they just have songs about metal and the origins of true metal, and that's them. So at the end of the tour, they got together, and uh, they got uh, Joey's childhood friend, uh, a fellow 
Auburnanian from Auburn, New York, which is somewhere between Rochester and Syracuse. It's like in that land. It's near Utica. It's near Utica. It's like in the no man's land of New York State. It's all the way up there, sort of like in the panhandle up there, <laughs> going, going towards... Uh, you know, it's more. It's, it's not like really 80% a. Of yeah, it's not really. A, it's a really thick wise. panhandle, but you know, he, he, that's where they live. You know, basically west of the Catskills, like way west of the Catskills. So that's where they're from. It's the middle of fucking nowhere. I mean, it is really nowhere. Sad. And that's where he met Eric Adams, and now they had. Of course, Eric Adams was a former classmate. Basically, they went to school together. You know, childhood friends. Basically, hey, we'll get that guy. He sings. Man of War is um. Of course, comprised of Joey DeMaio, as you know, Eric Adams, and um, at this point, Ross DeBoss, and a drummer named Donnie Hamzik for their first album. And let's go into who they are. So now, starting with Eric Adams, as he as his stage name is, his real name, of course, is Louis Morallo, Louis Marulo, Louis Ray, it's Louis Marulo, hey! And uh, of course, he is the front man of Manowar joined the band in 1980 and he previously sang for a band called looks whatever that is probably just some high school band or something and um he of course was recruited in this band like we said before by joey DeMaio. and uh his name his stage name eric adams is a combination of his children uh eric and adam uh one of his children eric the older one ha- has a band called eric i think it's called eric adams he has a band like in, in upstate new york so i just call him eric eric adams i'm like oh eric eric adams is playing and but you know he's really he's eric morello i guess but you know he's eric eric adams i don't know it's like a weird cycle one of eric adams's major influence was of course deep purple as a singer he, he wanted to really replicate that ian gillen scream that really ian gillen kind of brought to the music world he was really the first person to do that so of course as you know eric adams kind of has that scream that notorious scream uh, that you know covers many octaves uh also another thing about eric adams he's an avid hunter he's a bow hunter actually and uh He's uh, a New York State instructor for bow hunting. So if you need any instruction how to bow hunt, you know, actually, I think like, you know, I really think like Joe Rogan should have him because Joe Rogan is a big bow hunter too. And he should, you know, he like sometimes he has these like bow hunters on that no one's ever heard of. So he should, you know, he should have Eric Adams on. I think that would be kind of cool. But okay, so that's basically Eric Adams in a nutshell. Joey DeMaio, of course, is very different. Uh, he's, of course, a childhood friend of Eric Adams. And, um, played bass in many high school bands in the 1970s and uh, toured with the musical Godspell. Imagine that in New York City. Imagine that. And um, he worked as a pyrotech for Black Sabbath as we went over when they met uh, for the Heaven and Hell tour. And uh, Joey is, um, it's it's pretty clear that Joey has this obsession with the mythos and the of Man of War and the glory of metal. It's all he talks about how you know, you're false and you need to, you know, swing from the trees. So that all comes from Joey DeMaio. That is definitely Joey DeMaio. I think Eric Adams doesn't really, like, he kind of just is like, okay, Joey, you you do your thing. Everyone else is just in the band. Yeah, I think, you know, even Eric as a founding member, he's just, I I think he just doesn't get in Joey's way. He's like, okay, that's, that's good. Fine. Okay, I'm just going to go hunting. That's, that's cool. You know, they're false metal. That's cool. I mean, Eric really sells it though. Yeah. I mean, he's the front man. So he has to, you know, be the voice. He has to, you know, because as for Joey DeMaio, is not really the voice. And when he does talk, he talks like this. But, uh, you know, Joey DeMaio is known as a very intense guy. Um, 
you know, he is a devout worshiper of Ronnie James Dio, who obviously was his friend and mentor. And uh, he discovered Dio playing in his high school when uh, Ronnie was an elf. Elf was obviously playing at his high school. That's how big they were in upstate New York. And I think Joey was with the principal. And the principal was like, what is this noise? And Joey was like, wow, I kind of like this, you know. So that's how Joey really got introduced to Dio, who really grew up in that area, too. They're all upstate New York, um, Italian heavy metal rednecks. Plenty of those guys up in upstate New York. So, um, you know, and other mem- other founding member, of course, and most importantly, Ross the Boss. Ross Friedman, the boss. Um, he, of course, was in the Dictators, as we know. He formed that band with Andy Chernoff in New Paltz, New York. And, of course, they went on, you know, to have a very successful legendary punk band, the Dictators, featuring Handsome Dick Manitoba. We all know about all three founding members. And, of course, it was Donnie Hamzik as well, who no one really knows anything about. He was just some guy, I guess, you know. And, you know, he'll... I don't think he qualifies as a founding member. Yeah, he's just, you know, we need a drummer. Oh, that guy will do. That guy, Donnie Hamzik. I don't know. He's probably just some guy from up there. He's like, yeah, I play drums. So, like, all right, Donnie Hamzik, you're in the band. Welcome. We don't. We couldn't really find anything because no one cares about him, really. He's just doesn't... He's not a significant person. You could probably just hang out with him. Um, but anyway, we'll get, we'll get into him later. Man of War's, of course, first album in 1982 was Battle Hymns. And it was released on June 7th of 1982. And, um, of course, it was produced by Joey DeMaio and Ross DeBoss, who really made that Man of War sound. So, um, so we should start. At that point, we will start playing songs. This song is called Battle Hymns. The, t- the title track from the, song, from the album Battle Hymns. And, like, this is a sound that during... This is basically at the height of Brit- New Wave British Heavy Metal. And this is just such a different sound. Like, say what you want about Manowar, but they really just pioneered this sound that has... I mean, for guys that are into such different things, like Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and a lot of punk rock, like, this is just an original thing. Like, I can't listen to this and say, this sounds like this. You know? Like, I don't know. What does it sound like to you? It sounds like Man of War. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I could say, oh, this part sounds like Iron Maiden. Or like, no, not really. Like, this is just... It's such an original tone. Just the writing and just the tone and just what he does with his bass. And Joey DeMaio, of course, when it comes to bass, is very progressive. I mean, he's not just using a bass... He's using different things like eight-string basses and piccolo basses for that very um, sort of uh, very uh, trebly sound he has. It's a very bright and very glistening sound that Joey DeMauro has come from the bass. It doesn't really sound like a standard bass. He wants to be heard. He also uses a lot of distortion, does a lot of soloing. He's a very unique bass player. You know, I know a lot of people find him annoying, and maybe some think he rules the band with an iron fist, but, you know... There's nothing quite like them. It's just kind of amazing to me um, how, like, you can just hear on this song, like, it's very, their sound and, like, their ethos is already very crystallized. Yeah. Into, like, that, like, glory of battle. They knew what they want. They Fighting <laughs> and very positive sounding and exciting music. As one said, Man of War sings of warfare, death, and the glory of metal. And they've done that since day one. Yeah, and it started, like, this is their first album. But yeah. Everything following this will... Yeah, but even, like, 
you know, the songs, of course, will sound different as time goes on, but they're all really about the same thing still to this day. They pretty much are about the same thing. They're not nearly as good, the songs today, we'll get into that later. But Manowar has not really changed their theme in any way in their entire career. Not too many bands can say that. I don't know of really any. Maybe, maybe Kiss could say that. They've been singing about stupid things for the past, like, 50 years, I guess. But, yes, we sing about stupid things. You know, but um, that's what we do. And it makes money. But... Yeah, Man of War really has not changed their theme or how they... Never. And... Alright, this next song is called Man of War, title track. And it is said, someone once said, that no one has mentioned their own name more times in any song in their career than Man of War has. And it's probably true. Man of War likes to say Man of War a lot. And this is where it all began, saying your name... It's a shame they could only have one song named Man of War yeah. about themselves. They should have a sequel to Man of War. <laughs> like, of all, you know, maybe about all the things, they should have a song called Man of War 2, and they should release it on the, you know, do it on their, you know, if they ever release another album. I mean, there are definitely bands that have made a song of the same uh, name as their band, but the song's not actually about the band. Yeah. It's, like, about, like, some idea that the band is named after. But yeah. no, this song is about Man of War. Yeah, it's about how they formed. It's not about a jellyfish. No, or, 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 a, or a ship. <laughs> or a ship. <laughs> or an armored Portuguese ship. Or a Portuguese it's jellyfish. It's a rock band called Manowar. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and this is how they formed. We met our English crowd not in the backstage rock. room. We heard the sound. No sense of shame. Yeah. Like, this is, this is song, our story. And we're coming to you. We're coming to your country to conquer you. It's a warning. It's a warning. So if you're false metal, oh, what I said earlier awaits you. All that. Well, false prophets and believers will swing from the trees, okay? That's it. That's what's coming to you. Man of War will conquer. They, they pretend. They have a good... They're like, imagine if we did all that. They don't. They just, like, drink and bang groupies, whatever they do. I want to hear the next song, which is Metal Days, which is, I think, this is the, my favorite song in the song. Metal Days is, uh... It's a very crowd... It's an anthem. It's an anthem. This is probably one of the earliest anthems in metal. Here we go. Metal Days. Also feature in this album later on, not for this song, but it's just an interesting fact about this album. The song Dark Avenger, which we're not going to play because it's too damn long, um, was featured the voice of Orson Welles. And, you know, for like, it's kind of, this is like an unknown metal band at the time. This is not some big band. They got Orson Welles. Related? Who said that? Somebody related? Oh, oh, secretly. He's our uncle. He's Joey DeMaio's uncle or something. He's like, I am his uncle. You know, enjoy, and of course, Orson Welles is known for his voice throughout his whole career. And as you know, Orson Welles is a legendary drunk and a really fat guy and uh, architect of some really important movie called Citizen Kane, apparently. I mean, Citizen Kane is awesome. Yes, that was like supposed to be one of the biggest movies ever, I think. I don't know. I never saw it. It looks stupid, but it looks boring. Is it? What's it about? It's about like, it's about like the newspaper guy. It's about like Hearst or something. Like tragedy of, you know, not having a childhood or something. Oh. Really? I thought it was about a newspaper it guy. It is, it is. It's about, like, you know, Hearst or something, but whatever, you know. Um, you know. This song is about heavy metal. Yeah. This particular song is about heavy metal. Orson Welles is not in this song. But this song is just about, this is one of the first songs talking about heavy metal. Well, I think Sammy Hagar sang a song about it, but not in the same, he didn't mean the same thing, though, you know? Like, he was not, like, Sammy Hagar was singing a song about heavy metal, then he'll just go on doing something else. But like, all right, that's, that's enough, you know? But Man of War, they'll sing about metal and be like, yeah, 
metal. Like they'll really get into it. You know, they're really, it means everything to them. It's a love song to metal. You know? Yeah, it's um. Of metal, I go into shock. He goes into shock. I, I I used to have alternate I lyrics. I used to have alternate lyrics. I won't say them here. I used to like <laughs> I used to rhyme alternate lyrics at Man of War songs. I would make yeah. my own up. I'm not gonna say you it here. Just tease it. Yeah, no. It, it, okay. Should I say it? it's really okay? So it goes like this. Uh, if let's see. Um, and if I don't hear the sound of metal, I go suck a cock. He used to say it's funny. You know, I have a number of them. I don't know if we get, if we have the songs featured on here, I'll say them. But I don't know if we will. Because <laughs> they're ask, they're asking for it, okay? You guys are you guys are asking to you know to be ridiculed with some of these lyrics. They're funny. So let's move on to let's move on to the next album. The next album is, in my opinion, their best album. It's their best album. It's not the most Manowar album, but it's their best album. And this album came out in 1983. It's called Into Glory Ride. Actually, um, making fun of me, uh, I heard The Mentors actually released an album parodying this called Into Glory Hall. <laughs> 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 they didn't, but that would be funny. I just thought of that. Uh, it's a joke. It Into Glory Hall. I believe it. Man, imagine that. The, the Mentors sh- totally should have made an album called Into Glory Hall. I, I bet you if they did, the Joey Demai would... Into Glory Hall. Joey Demai would definitely come after them. He would be like, "There's no way you pervs are, are, are gonna, you know, if you know they were still alive, if you know El Duce was still alive." But anyway, <laughs> this song is of course called "Gates of Valhalla." This is like one of the best Man of War songs ever. I think it's so. It starts. It's like so dramatically as a lot of their songs did back then. They just lost that talent. They don't have this anymore. What they did back then, I don't know how they did it. I really don't know. There's so much emotion I mean, in it. I haven't really listened to New Man of War, so I don't it's, know what they've lost. It's not this. <laughs> don't sound like this. I mean, they're so cheesy, but like, there's something about just the way Eric Adams just delivers this yeah. performance. It's it's like an opera. I'm, just, I'm sold. Yeah. It, it's it's operatic. It's amazing. You know, they have that organ. We used to call that the Man of Organ, because they always had, used to have that organ in all their songs. I guess Joey DeMaio plays it or something. I don't know. But that's the, that's the sound of the Man of Organ. And, and um, yeah, they, they, these songs are just so, e- they're epic. They're epic anthems of metal, every single one of them. It's one of many, many anthems. I mean, you could just picture, yeah, cause it's his death in Viking battle, and he's rising, the, the Valkyries are taking him at that point. You know, this would be a great song for, like, a fighter to come out like, to. He was just dying on the battlefield. Yeah, now he dies, and, and he he's... goes blank, and then he's flying through the air, and the v- Valkyries taking him to Valhalla. It's just... You know, it's epic, and no one talks about this. And did they play any Man of War songs in that stupid series they had about the Vikings? No. No. <laughs> of course not. You can't have that. You can't give Man of War credit. Really yeah, because this is what it was like. It was, you know, when you died, you went to Valhalla, and they didn't have any of that shit in that stupid thing. They just had these good-looking Vikings, like, oh, look how good-looking I am. Let's have an orgy now. Like, that's what they would do in the show. You know, like, no Man of War. Not, not one instance of Man of War. Oh, they also, in the movie Thor, did they use Man of War once? No, they used Led Zeppelin. They used Led Zeppelin. I rest my case. I guess it's a good, yeah, because it's the obvious choice. But if you guys knew about Man of War, maybe you would have been, I know you guys didn't know about Man of War, whoever did did score for that. What's next? It's Gloves of Metal. Gloves of Metal. This song I heard covered by a band called Anal Cunt, where Phil Alsamo actually sang it. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. 
So I saw the CD, which is apparently worth money today, because it's like the original pressing of a CD, which I have. Um, th this was on it. I bought it at some shitty CD store. And, and I heard this album. I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I really liked the album. We used to kind of make fun of Manowar back in the day. We had first heard Triumph of Steel, which we'll get into later. That's the first Manowar album I've heard, and um, I ever heard. And we used to just make fun of it. We used to listen to it. Some of us, not Rich. We'll get <laughs> like Rich was serious about it. But like me, to me, Manowar was like a new thing. I had heard them on WSIU. They would play the Fighting on the, the Fighting the World album all the time on WSIU, which they probably still do, because that's one of those things that made the thing. So, but anyway, we'll get into that later. My, you know, how I discovered Manowar. Um, this album, of course, features. Uh, a debut by drummer Scott Columbus. Um, he was actually just some guy who was discovered by apparently by a Manowar groupie. Yes, Manowar had groupies. They sure did. Believe it or not. I know it's hard, but they, they, I bet you they did a lot. All those songs of orgasm yeah, they, they probably they got a no I'm sure they got they a lot of tail. You th I know, people have said Joey DeMaio lives in his mom's basement. Maybe he does, but he still gets way more ass than you do in his, ba in his mom's basement, okay? Um... If he was found at, a, at an aluminum foundry by some groupie, and she had introduced him to the band. Um, and he plays the so-called Drums of Doom, which are made of stainless steel. It's rumored, it is legend has it, that, Joy, uh, that Scott Columbus played the Drums of Doom, which are made of steel, because his drumming technique was too rough for regular standard wooden kits. Had to be replaced too often, according to legend. So we don't know, but that was the myth of the great Scott Columbus. We'll get more into him later. But this is a great song, and um, we'll get into more how I found Manowar. I was babbling before about how I really discovered Manowar, and we, you know, we could spread that out throughout the podcast. I think this is the first song of Manowar that I, I really took notice of. Yeah, it's a great song. This is a song that got me into Manowar. Yeah, it's the song that got me seriously into Manowar because I heard another band cover it, and I was like, that's a good song. I wonder how the original sounds. And I was like, whoa, the original sounds really good. That bass sound he has, it's like... It's just like a hit to the face. It's like, brrr. Like, there's nothing like that. There was nothing like that at the time. Who has a bass that sounds like that? Like, he's not just going to sit there and be submissive and, you know, subservient to the guitar like most bass players. Like, not even someone like Steve Harris does this. And Steve Harris is a very dominant bass player, but not in that uh -huh. style. Lemmy, Lemmy, I'd say Lemmy is similar, but not as, like, complex. Lemmy is also has a similar sound, I would say, like, a lot of distortion. But, like, this is almost, like, dooming it out almost. Like, Lemmy's always fast. Lemmy never plays anything slow. He's just banging along on the bass. But this guy's, like, doing these chords, these crushing chords on each accent, on a, on a bass. And there's just nothing like it. You know, Man of War deserves credit, people. You know, they're funny, they're silly, and we'll get into how silly they are in a lot of ways. But it's such a shame that, you know, we can't have this anymore. If, if they were able to do this, this is what everyone loved. This is what made Manowar. This is legendary. This will go down in music forever, what they're doing here. One of the greatest albums ever. So the spikes and chains. They talk about leather, spikes, chains, all those things. You know, they're, they're talking about the style of of metal. Of course, they didn't invent it. I think Rob Halford invented that, but they're they're spreading the gospel of Rob Halford. And, you know, they are they have no idea what gay is, I don't think. I think I think they have no idea what that is. Well, 
I'm sure they know what it is. But not, they're not. They're not associating it. They're afraid of it. <laughs> I, I don't think they're associating that kind of They'll stuff with the leather culture, though. I don't. No, 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 I don't. No. They're like, what? They're, they wouldn't. What? Gay people wouldn't wear that. I don't know because they're from Auburn, New York. Maybe they don't. They're not. I'm sure there's plenty of guys like that in Auburn, New York. Actually. Okay. Um, so that was Into Glory Ride. Next album, album is even almost a better album. This album is their Manowar's third album, Hail to England. Of course, it is probably homage to their formation and their first fans, I guess, were English. They're talking about that they love their fans, and this song is about their fans, called Army of Immortals. Uh, of course, Hail to England came out in 1984, and... Um, it's a classic Man of War lineup. And um, this album, of course, was a tribute to the country, like we said before, that these members met the band in. It's basically the continuing story of their formation, the celebration of their... For, it's almost like a holiday. It's like the 4th of July, you know? And how um, a band like this, you know, in a predominantly new wave of British heavy metal culture had emerged, you know, which is very different. In, in the middle of that scene this came out from America which was you know probably before Metallica there you go Metallica wouldn't form for another few years so this was what was, what was going on before all that and this is just a celebration of that this song gets pumped up it's a great every album every song on Hail to England is just such a good song it's such a good album and it's so unique in their catalog because it has such a unique sound as I you know always noticed um it, like it was Yes, and they love their fans. Yeah, they're not like Doyle, who's angry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if like he, as as bad as Joey DeMaio could be. Like, I don't think he's ever angry at the fans, though. I mean, he has rules, of course. You're not allowed to film Man of War ever. You know, I mean, he has rules, but he appreciates what the fans are doing. They they will always love their fans, and they they are telling you in this song it's because of you that you have us, and it's you know. We, we're in this together. It's a fight. They're always fighting. Man is always fighting someone, this mythical enemy that doesn't want them to play metal. I'm not sure who this is. I don't know what, anyone that doesn't. Maybe some people don't like you, but they're not going to be like, hey, you need to... There's a law against you. This one's called Blood of Your Enemies. Uh, Blood of My Enemies. Um, I don't know what this song is about, but... There was some band that covered this. I think Edge of Sanity covered this. It was pretty good. Um... But I think a lot of bands cover this song because it's a legend in the world of metal. And um, the Hell's England album was recorded only in six days. Did you know that? Six days. It sounds like it was recorded in six days. They didn't, like, mess around with this album. It doesn't take to record an album. I don't know. Like, for me, it would take years. You know, if it was me. Years. I'm an idiot. Like, I'd have to just keep doing stuff. Like, no, that's not right. Do it again. Six years later and a million dollars later, I'd be like, oh, I got it. Um, like I said before, this album always sounded very different to me. It has this very muffled sound, which like it's a very warm sound that you know they didn't have before and they didn't have after. It's it's really strange. This, this album has such a unique sound to me. Um, probably one of the most like underrated albums too. Like I think for a lot of yeah, for a lot of like you know it's kind of just falls under the cracks for a lot of people. I mean I think real fans of course appreciate it, but I think it falls through the cracks like in the like a lot of people don't know this album exists. I feel you know it doesn't it doesn't get like the fanfare of some of their other albums, you know? I don't know why. It's, like, almost, like, like, sh under a shadow. That's how I feel. I don't know. 
Because it doesn't look like the Rabbit albums, that's why. It doesn't, it just has such a different look, it has such a different sound. Yeah, it's like a cartoon in the cover. You well, know? We well, but very much more realistic drawings to follow. Like this yeah. is like a very comic book looking cover. It's a cool cover. I wonder who drew that. Let me see. Does it say here who drew that? Yeah. Uh, no, we don't know who drew that that um, artwork. But it's a very cool artwork. It looks like a very comic book. It's like a some sort of Viking hero with wings on his head, like they wear. But hail to England. Legendary album. Still to Bridge of Death. Oh, do we do we uh, <laughs> do we have Bridge of do we have Bridge of Death? We do have Bridge of Death. This, uh, this song I always liked. This is the last track on the Hail to England album. And, it's a um, very epic song. It's epic. Like, I just picture him. Man of War is a band that tells you stories, as King Diamond does. And they, like, you picture the story. He's like, I just picture him literally doing, like, you know, he's, he's approaching hell and there's a bridge and there's, like, a flaming river under him. And Satan is calling him. And I pictured Satan. I always pictured Satan as this red naked guy, and he's like, "Eric, come!" And I, this, this is what I'm picturing in my demented head. Like Eric is like coming, and Satan's like naked, and he's red, and he's like, "Hey!" And he has like a mustache. He's like, "Hey!" Is he like a goat? No, 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 no. He doesn't look like that. He looks just like, like a dude who's red. Like he looks like kind of like a dude like me, maybe, but he has like shorter hair, and he's and he's just red, and he's kind of hairy, and he's red, and he doesn't have like horns or anything. He's just like, "Hey, Eric, come!" And, you know, he's naked. He's totally naked. Okay, go on. And, and he's calling Eric to come. And Eric's like, should I come? He's like, yes, of course I should come. I should go to hell. And I'm surprised Manowar really didn't get flack for this, you know. Like, a lot of bands, you know, like Judas Priest and Ozzy, people would say, oh, they're devil worshippers. They're having some liminal mess. But Manowar... big enough. Yeah, probably. Manowar, you know, man, people like Manowar and King Diamond were in Merciful Fate and stuff were, like, straight up saying, like, you know... Like dead satanic themes. And, and Manowar, man, satanic themes. This song. I thought he's like fighting the devil in this song. I don't know. I think he's going to the like, devil. Like righteously. Is he? I, I thought he was like, okay, let's go, let's do this, devil. It's ambiguous. Yeah, I don't know. I never felt like he was fighting the devil. Though Manowar does have songs where the devil, like um, Revelation on on uh, Hail, on uh, Into Glory Ride. Which is definitely about destroying the devil. Like it's about revelation and God destroying the devil. I'm not saying it's a Christian song. It's a really good song. Are you actually. always telling me that Joey DeMaio is like some yeah he is Catholic knight or yeah something? he is part of the Knights of Malta or something like that. And this Surely picture. He wouldn't join. No 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 I don't think no I never thought they were. I'm just saying they're kind of singing. They're kind of edging towards that. And I know they don't. They're not like yeah you worship the devil, you know not even in a tongue in cheek way, but you know. I just, uh, I'm surprised someone didn't misinterpret this. Like, because you said, because they probably under the radar. Same reason, like, Merciful Fate never really got, you know, because they were European and they were definitely under the radar. So no one was really like, whereas Judas Priest was right there on MTV and they just said one little thing that might have been controversial. It's like, oh my God, everyone got triggered. So that's probably where it was from. No one, you know, Man of War was just under a radar. But I always liked this song. And it's just my vision of the naked guy. Do we know how yeah. Manowar is doing at this point in their career? Three albums in. Oh, um, I don't they're think. Obviously not mega popular. No, no, they're um, they're doing tours with people like Merciful Fate, who they or maybe it was a King Diamond, who they got into a fight with at, around this time. Um, it was basically something over play. Who plays first? One of those classic stupid fights, and the rivalry went on for a while. I don't really have too many details on it. I think it was there's not really too many details on it, but it was kind of funny that Manowar is kind of starting. 
fights with uh uh, some reason I pictured, I imagine it was Manowar that started this. <laughs> you know, King Diamond seems like a very level-headed guy. Manowar also, around the same time, had a fight with D. Schneider, who claimed he was going to beat the shit out of all of them alone. And wow. he, he had challenged... D. Schneider wants... I, I, this might be D. Schneider's fault, because he wants to literally fight everyone. Um, D. Schneider challenged them. It was in England. They had some sort of altercation at some show. And D. Schneider said, I want you all to meet me here at Piccadilly Circus and fight me. He's like, I'm waiting for you. And he waited for them. They never showed. So D. Schneider was there. He's ready to go. Yeah. 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 I think D. Schneider would kick your ass, dude. He's just angry. He's really... You know, I'm not saying he's a tough guy, but he's like... He, he talks a lot, and at least he showed up. Like, you know, you guys... He, he said he was going to kick all four of your asses at the same time. You guys didn't do anything. That's what he claims. I have an interview with D. Schneider saying this. He wanted to fight you fucking guys. So... They gotta do something on D. Schneider one day. He's kind of ridiculous. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. What do we got here? It's an epic song. We know that. It's about a naked red guy. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. I just had these weird thoughts in my head. You know, I wasn't right. even inebriated. I just had this thought. Music is very special to you. This <laughs> next album, it is. It, it, I just, it makes me picture things, which is so great. You know, I never really had a Metallica song make me picture anything in my head. It's all yeah, yeah, he tells a story and he does it I so think dramatically. He's one of the greatest vocalists in that yeah, sure. I mean, he was. I mean, his voice is kind of. Manowar these days actually has to tune down so he could keep up with a lot of bands. When you get old, you can't really keep those notes anymore. This is from the Sign of the Hammer album, which, you know, might, some people might look at the cover and be like, that looks very Third Reichish, but whatever. They're, I don't know, guys, whatever. They're, you know, I'm not saying Manowar isn't into that. I don't know. You know, they're smart enough not to admit it. It was the same way Lemmy collected Nazi memorabilia. It's the same shit, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that. You know, we're not going <laughs> to, you know, I'm sure one thing Manowar could say could ruin their entire career if it's not ruined already. I think it's just people are into, like, military yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. People they love... tend to be into the Nazis. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of bands that even today are kind of, bands like Sabaton will sing about the perspective of Nazis uh, in war. Yeah, they're a little fascist. Yeah, it's definitely fascism. Yes, it's definitely fascism. And fascism doesn't mean, you know, you're like, you know, you're a Nazi. It's just a way of, it's a very totalitarian way of thinking. And most of your dads probably believe that stuff. So it's not like, you know, illegal or anything. It's just some people have, you know, they want things done a certain way. They want the trains to run on time. I think Man of War falls under that politically. You know, being that they're from Auburn, New York, they go hunting. Most likely they're probably in the Trump, you know, on the Trump train. I'm not going to think they're not. Sure and that's they fine, guys. You know, they want to wear the MAGA hats. That's they fine. Don't sing about it, so that's no, fine. Not, not that we know. Well, some of their songs get a little patriotic later on, but, you know, we're probably not even going to cover those songs because they're, cause they're dumb. Yes. This is No Man We're playing it right now. Yes. Yes. We're playing No All Man Plans and. Yeah, tell me when oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes, you can't hear what I'm hearing here. We don't have that technology yet for her to hear exactly what I'm hearing. We have to kind of sync up my voice. Um, All Man Play Antenna is is pretty straightforward you know um this is a song about man of war loving the fact that they're men and the fact that they play loud and they bask in the spotlight of the stage i mean what part of man of war didn't you get man of war this is peak mouth breather um yeah this could well i, I don't know my might get worse i don't know with you know i think it got worse with some of the masculine like pleasure slave and stuff like that you know yeah, it, it gets 
But, you know, this is a typical song. No, no, they get worse in a lot of, like, really misogynistic. Like, they are talking about, like, raping and pillaging, like, a lot of their songs, so, well, yeah. but I'm talking about, like, like, mouth breather, like... Yeah, this is pretty mouth breathy, but... Like, just being a dumbass. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not... <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty simple. Guys from Auburn, you know, all men play... They, they mean it. They're not kidding around. They're not being ironic. Like, they're like, all men play on 10. If you don't play on 10, you know, you're just... You should. You're a false prophet, and you're a false prophet and deceiver. Do you like this album? Uh, most of this album isn't that good, but there is a good album yeah. on the la at the end of it. And let's see, did we put that on here? No, we didn't put that on here. This is the only song I wanted to play. Yeah. And it's just because it's funny. It is funny, and I've named many things after this. Like <laughs> one of my YouTube personas was called the man that plays on ten. You know, and I had used to have this band with one of our fans, Chris, out there. Uh, we had a band. You know, very shortly called The Men That Play on 10. So, you know, a lot of influence. But this album, of course, had a very different, like, feel, you know. So, let's move on. This next album is called Fighting the World. This was almost like, this is a strange album. This this is, is the closest Manowar got to fame. This song is called Blow Your Speakers. This song was an MTV video. They had a video on MTV. Man, this is the closest Manowar got to being able, you know, to the mainstream spotlight, which wasn't really that close, relatively, you know, to, compared to other things. Um, of course, this is the first album Manowar used. Um, famous artist Ken Kelly with that character they have. Well, actually, it was actually a picture of, it's actually a portrait of Manowar, but it's the first time they used that sort of artwork and their albums would feature that sort of artwork, usually with this very muscular, sweaty man doing something violent on the cover. This one just featured them, but you know, it would get, you know, it would get, it would get more bodybuilding as time went on. The artwork of Ken Kelly. They're trying so hard on the song. Yeah. They're like we're gonna make it. They, yeah, I think they were like, hey, we're let's, because around this time, metal was very popular, like mainstream metal on MTV. It was a thing. You know, everyone used to go to concerts back then, metal concerts, no matter who it was. So then I was like, hey, we can cash in. We're popular right now. So, and... Major label with this album. Yeah, Geffen Records. So, actually, no, they're still an Acto on this, but I think... Isn't that a major label? Yes. At the time, Acto was. But there was one point when they later they even got on a bigger label called, you know, Geffen, which is really amazing. You know, Aerosmith is on Geffen, you know? But this is the closest Man of War got. They almost got a bit glittery on this, a little glammy, almost a little bit. This and like they're... There, yeah, it, 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 and it isn't, but it's the closest, it's, they're flirting with it. They're like, hmm. And if you saw the video, they're not really glamming it up to the standard to the day, you know. But still, it's kind of like, uh. They're not from L.A., they don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't know what to do. They don't, they're not part of that scene. They're not poisoned. They're not Molly Crew. Um, but it wouldn't happen again afterwards. Like, they, they would, they, they caught their mistake and they're like, whoa, we're not, doing that and their their next album is not going to get worse like some might consider this Manowar's worst early album but it has also some amazing anthems on it such as this starting very lightly this song is called Carry On and this is a this is an anthem uh, as, as some as as MTV and Harry as they got they also have some memorable anthems like I said, some might call this their weakest album, but at the same time, it's also one of their most useful albums. And this is the album that really made them break through. You might call this their breakthrough album because... It really worked? I think on the radio, for metal radio, like WSI used to play the shit out of these songs. Oh. This song especially. Really? 
And I never knew who this was. Like, when I hear the song Carry On, like, to me, I thought it was the same guy. It sounded like, did you ever hear that song by Tarzan Boy? Oh, 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 oh. I thought yeah. this was that. Obviously, same guy. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like it? You know, yeah. carry on. Oh, 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 oh. That's true. Yeah, it kind of, and you know, my I'm a, I'm a kid, and I've told you many times how stupid I was as a kid. So I was like, oh, is that the, you know, is that the same song? It sounds like a bunch of like, you know, cavemen or something, chanting. You know, like a bunch of guys with no shirts on. Wearing loincloths. That's what I pictured as a, another, another vision I had. I pictured a bunch of guys naked with just wearing no, loincloths, which they were, <laughs> which that was, was very, wow, which was kind of accurate. Um, singing this song, I was like, it sounds like a bunch of barbarians, right? And I was right. I wasn't too far from the truth. So, I agree with popular opinion that the album is not good. Yeah, it, it's their weakest. You know, it's a great. I like listening to it. You know. Really? You don't like this song? This song is a very... This song could be a punk song, though. Like, the second part of it. Like, this part of it. Like, the... You know, you could just make no, that into, like, a punk song. I wouldn't sit around no? and listen to this. I like this song. It's a good song. You know, if you, like, dirty this song up, it could be, like, a punk song. It's a little too <clears throat> produced, but... Orson Welles was Orson Welles, yeah, he was still with them. It wasn't just, like, a one-time thing. Oh, but he must have recorded it then, because he yeah, did the well, voice. Yeah, part. obviously. Yeah. Oh, so when this album came out, Orson Welles was dead. He had drank so much and ate so much... Um, he'd gotten so fat he died and uh, you know but his voice is on there oh it was reused from the original demo when they demoed this oh okay so we recorded it okay so Orson Welles did not continue to work that is wrong people scratch that from the record he recorded with them in 1982 and um, they kept the, the voice over from there and they used it basically does Defender speech you know if you hear the Defender song Orson Welles just goes over this tale. I, mean, I can imagine Orson Welles, what he must have been thinking when... They must have had to give him a lot of alcohol. Like, he's like, what am I doing? Did you ever see that, like, outtake of the, of the, of the champagne commercial he did? No. Find that. It's hilarious. Because he's wasted, and he just keeps having to do takes over and over. He's like, man, this champagne is... It's because I picture the same thing. Like Orson Welles is wasted out of his mind. Like, all right, one more take, Mister Welles. He's like, Meh. like how did they get him to do this? Keep him coming. They had to, they had to give him alcohol. Like, I like scotch. I like scotch. Give me more scotch, and they will do the matter. Wherever this fucking band called. Orson Welles, the great Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. But this song, like I said, is full of anthems. This is another one. Do we have another Let's one? Leave this. What do we have? We have another one. We have another anthem. Oh, fighting the world. One more. One more on this album. This is just makes you chant, you know? This when you when they play that's what an anthem is. When you play live, you get the crowd to sing along with you. You know, that that's what the idea of an anthem is all about. Let me increase the volume here a little bit. But like I said, this song, very important anthem for Man of War fans. This is like a crowd favorite despite being from this album, Fighting the World. This is the story, this is the struggle of Manowar. This is Mein Kampf of Manowar, okay? Um, Manowar is always singing about struggle, are they not? That's all they, mostly they sing about the glory of metal, death, Vikings, and their struggle. Well, they were telling us that they were always at war. Yeah, they're always at war but with... You never knew with who. These people of false metal, but these now we know practitioners. The world, well, apparently the world is full of practitioners world. of false metal, which is mostly true. I, you know. I guess, yeah. But they're not trying to like 
stop you. They're not like attacking you. They're just like, <laughs> they're just saying things like you live in your I mom's basement. Yeah, no, yeah, no, just, no, 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 no one cares, guys. I mean, I, I, I remember reading this article in Metal Sucks back when Metal Sucks was like a blog back in the day, and they had this story making fun of Manowar. It was, and it came off as very elitist, obviously, because Metal Sucks. And they were making fun of the fact that Joey DeMaio drives an old Ford Probe. This was years, this is like 15 years ago. And that he lives in his mom's basement. And they were making fun of Eric Adams, the fact that he was a bow hunter, which is nothing really to make fun of. But, and they were making fun of the fact that he lived in Auburn, New York. And this was news to me, because I always thought Manowar was much larger than life at the time. I thought they like lived in, I don't know, this elaborate palace somewhere. But no, they lived in Auburn, New York. And apparently Joey DeMaio lived in his mom's basement. A lot of people deny. I know Rich is out there right now. If he's listening, he's like, "That's bullshit." I don't know if it is. Like, he might have lived in his mom's basement. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy, and it doesn't. It's not like he didn't have money. Like his parents were elderly. He's Italian. He's Italian, and he takes care of mom and dad. There's pictures of him with his mom and dad. Like, and he's like very, you know, he takes care of his mom and dad. He's like, I have, I'm making, I'm the only one making money around here. I have to stay with them. You know, sometimes I bring girls down to the basement. They don't mind. They mind their own business. You know. That's what he does, you know. Maybe he's like, when it comes to family, you know, he's like, I gotta take care of my family, okay? You know, he's an Italian guy, he's an Italian kid, Joey DeBio, and he likes fireworks. This is awesome. He, I know, I wonder, I wonder if like, if I grew up like with Joey DeMaio, you know, if I was like older, like I lived up there, like if he would be someone I would like, or or I'd be like, that guy's a fucking asshole, you know? Because he plays with fireworks and stuff, and if. Yeah, well, but if I was from Auburn, New York, my life would be, like, I would kind of have to, like, be a little tougher. You know? In a lot of ways, depending, you know, because they're good old boys. Yeah, but, you know, I lived in the suburbs. Yeah, compared to, like, someone in, like, you know, Iowa, maybe. But easier Yeah, it's definitely easier, but... I'm from a similar Yeah, you're from, you're from a similar... But yeah, they're definitely not dealing with mean, like, you know, very, like, aggressive people. But, like, I don't know, like, I picture Joey Mao just being, like, and you know. There's so few people, actually, that, like, you know, it, they're not just gonna be an asshole for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have a point. Um, but, I think if you grew up with Joey Mao, he's probably, like, light, he's, like, he's like that kid who's lighting off fireworks and stuff. You know, and he's listening to, like, Black Sabbath and stuff. You know, and my experience with those kids in the 1980s, those were scary kids. You know, we're going to play, uh, we're not playing the next one yet, we're going to play Hail and Kill next. Um, so, with that, let's move on to the next album, right? We got everything, yeah, we got everything we needed on this one. So the next album is, okay, Man War Redeemed. If you thought there was any problems, Hail and Kill, by the way, um, if you thought there was any problems with the last album, that they got too soft, they redeemed themselves in 1988's Kings of Metal. And what better name for a Manowar album? They just said it. They're, they're doing it. They went there. They kings. The they won. Kings of Metal. They conquered. The they're the Kings of Metal. That's it. There's nothing you could do about it. No one has ever dared to say that before and at, since and before. Okay, no one says that. You most Maybe most people thought it was a ridiculous thing to say. You know, including, uh, you know, Ross the Boss, who was kind of like, shit's kind of ridiculous. But, you know... And, and it's funny, like, they, they, you know, like I said, Joey DeMaio is very obsessed with this whole mythos and this idea. I saw him on a talk show once where it was Lemmy, him, and Ronnie James Dio. And it was some European talk show that actually gave a shit about metal. You know, it was like a pretty mainstream thing in Europe, in Germany, maybe. And 
Joey was, he was, he was obsessing over Dio. He's like, you know, this man is the true king of metal, you know? And he's, and, and Dio's like, he's just kind of was like, okay, you know, okay. Joe. And, and Lemmy is there just like, oh God. He's like, I can't fucking stand. Like Lemmy had that look like, I can't fucking stand this guy. And Dio was just being, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm the king. Yeah, okay. Whatever you say, dude. And Dio's just like, oh God. <laughs> he's like, I love this guy, but uh, he's a little too much. Sometimes. That's the kind of re like reaction Dio is giving. You know? Lemmy was just like, God, I want to beat you up. But I can't. <laughs> You'll probably kick my ass. But God, I want to punch you so bad. Like, that's like the face Lemmy was. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Because, you know, Lemmy is not into that stuff. So, um, this, of course, is Hail and Kill. Um... Very violent. The man was getting very violent. They were very angry. And this was their last album to feature Ross the Boss, who would um, go on later to rejoin the punk band The Dictators. Um, Scott Columbus would also leave the band after this. Um, but you know, he would rejoin later, of course. Um, this isn't their best album, but this is their ultimate album. This is the Manowar album. You know? It's the quintessential Manowar album in theme. I don't know. Hail and kill. Like hail and I don't know. It's like hail and it's like just doing, just going through the numbers with Man of War. It's like you have to hail, then you have to kill. You have to hail metal, I guess, and kill for metal. I don't know. You should have Joey tomorrow explain this stuff. It's all because it's all because yeah, it's very meaningful to him. But you know, uh, according to Ross the boss, he was asked to leave by DeMaio. Um, and of course, like I said, he returned to his original roots with Handsome Dick Manitoba with the current project uh, Dick Manitoba was doing at the time called Manitoba's Wild Kingdom, which eventually would re-evolve into the Dictators again. Um, now, quote, I think we should move on to the next song. Yeah, and, and I have an excerpt from an interview here. Um, oh, let's move to the next song, though. Yeah. Kings of Metal. Very important song. Oh, Title track. Song. Yeah, definitely one of the most anthemy songs. Yeah, th yeah, this is the song. You this is the album you would play if someone was like, who's Manowar? What's Manowar? This is the album you'd play. Yeah, every song on this album is really good. Like I said, it's not their best sounding album, but it's their ultimate. It's it's them, okay? It's them, and they're redeemed after whatever they might have did wrong on the previous album. And few bands do that, okay? Manowar's like, whoa, we took a wrong turn there. Fuck all this. Let's go back to metal. Um, but... Like I said, uh, Ross the Boss um, basically left the band due to, you know, he was not really happy with the way Manowar was going. And he was asked to leave by Joey DeMaio. Of course, he's a founding member. And he was asked um, before the album came out to leave, basically. And, um... Is there any, like, clear reason why? Um, it was really just, like, um... Personalities? Clash. Yeah, it was a clash of, of things. A clash of ideas. It was a clash of where the band was going. And the whole, like, idea of Joey DeMaio, the whole obsession with Joey DeMaio, you know, like a your false metal. You finally got sick of it. Yeah, like Ross the Boss isn't that kind of guy. You know, he's like this and he's like this is like he's like this is the worst thing like Joey DeMaio said and it's you know and he's like he's like it's gonna end up as humiliating for you at the end. And you know, I think that's just a, a continuing thing. Possible to humiliate Joey DeMaio. Not to Joey, but in the eyes of others, people yeah, are like he he's feel, human will he, he feel human? I don't think so. Has no shame. No, he's a lot like Trump in that way. He's like what? What? He's like, I grabbed the pussy. What? <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, I don't care. What, what do you want me to do? You know? But uh, according to uh, Ross DeBoss, Man of War is kind of a cult. It turned into kind of a cult. 
And I understand what he's talking about here. You know, when he's like, Man of War is not going to gain any new fans with their songs. And, and he's right. He's like, people want to hear their old stuff. And he's, not, he's like, it's not like the music they put out now is bad, but it's just not what it was before. And I, I and everyone knows that. That's why Man of War will, you know, end up doing some things they do later on in their career, which seem kind of ridiculous. Um, but... The kings of metal, but this song is not that heavy. No. <laughs> it's, it's really a rock song. Yeah, I wouldn't say Manowar would ever really be heavy again. Manowar is never going to go back to their, you know, Into Glory Ride and Hail to England days. That heavy sound. No, they definitely, the sound wants to be like commercial, but it's not. No one cares about this album. Like WSAU cares about this album. I mean, it doesn't bother me though that they're. Yeah, it's an upbeat song. It's a song you work out to. You run to this song. I run to this song all the time. It's a great song. But yeah, it's not, you know, it's not going to be... Made it worth stop being really heavy. Ross the Boss was afraid of being humiliated, but like, I find this almost like... It's pathetic, but it's like endearing. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of silly, but it's a major improvement from their last album. You know, in in attitude. You know, the sound-wise, it's probably similar, music-wise, though it's not trying to be commercial. You know? Kings of Metal is, you know, it's Man of War. Great song. Now, I, I, we could talk about... Now Now we're, we're on to um, Metal Warriors and the Triumph of Steel album in 1992. This is a strange album. As, as you know, as I mentioned before, Scott Columbus would leave the band in 89, and Man of War had claimed, of course, that his child was sick, so I had to leave. Scott Columbus says that was not true. He's basically he left due to various reasons. You know, he's like, this isn't working for me. And he didn't really want to talk about it. I'm getting this from an interview. You know, he didn't really want to get into why he left, but Manowar basically, in their very secret, in Joey DeMaio's very secretive ways, just kind of, according to Scott, kind of made up a story that Scott had to leave because his child was sick. Um, but either way, both, you know, great, musicians and friends um, Scott and Ross the Boss left the band. They would be replaced by two other very odd members um, featuring Rhino and on drums and David Shankle on guitar. I always thought David Shankle was European but it turns out he's actually from like Chicago or something. Yeah. Scott Columbus. Scott Columbus. No, we can't ever say that about them. We can't ever know. Just because Joey DeMaio had a problem with them, I, I take their side. It, yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> if you're not into metal, you're not my friend. That's something Manowar... See, they started... According, on this album, they started... This must be their house. See, according to the, the credits here, they recorded at some place called House Winfrey. House Juanfried. And I always thought that was like some palace. I was like, where is... That must be an old... That must be their house or something. You know? House Winfried. I was like, what is that? You know, that's what made me think they were this larger-in-life thing. But anyway, this is the first album. This song is called Metal Warriors, by the way, as you can hear. And they introduced drummer David Lee. They, I'm sorry, they introduced guitarist David Lee Shank Shankle. Uh, he's an American guitarist. He's he's known for his shredding playing. He basically just plays really fast without any meaning. He's one of those guys who just... His guitar playing doesn't say anything. It's not like Ross the Boss where his guitar playing says something. It's kind of just like... Really fast. Um... He would be just in this album. It's a very strange album because it has different members just for one album. Um, 
He was previously in a band called Paradox, which is, you know, from Chicago. He's basically this unknown guy. Um, on drums, they introduced a guy named Kenny Earl Edwards, also known as Rhino. Um, he, of course, joined in 1990 when this album was being made. I used to always theorize when we first listened to this album, we were so kind of dumbfounded by Rhino's drumming, we thought he wasn't real. We used to say, we used to think or theorize that Rhino was a drum machine based on his superhuman drumming speed. Turns out he was real. Only like, I don't know, like 20 years later, I found out he was actually real. It's like, oh my God, there's Rhino. He's a real guy. Um, and legend has it, factoid, um, it is rumored that Rhino, overwhelmed by the honor of being chosen to be Manowar's next drummer after Scott, um, uh, uh, following Scott Columbus, credit, uh, whatever your word is, following Scott Columbus, uh, he would inherit uh, Scott Columbus's legendary drums of steel. So as a result, he torched his own wooden drum set as a sacrifice of graciousness and humility to the gods of that metal. Right That's there. metal. That's what I heard. I don't know if this is true, but I will repeat these false legends if they're false or if they're real. I don't know. They're legends. Um, so, true nor false. so that really explains... Um, Triumph of Steel in a nutshell. It was a very strange album with different members, very different um, Man of War sound. But years later, and it would take them a couple of years after the metal, this is during the metal crash. This is 1996. They come out with an album called Louder Than Hell. And this was their album saying everyone saying to everyone that they're back. Scott Columbus was back in the band after one album. For whatever reason, they got him to join again. We don't really know why he came back. However, yeah, his fake sick son got better, apparently. And Scott Columbus was back with his drums of steel. Um, reintroduced of, of Scott Columbus. Oh, so Man of War would not replace um, David Shankle with Ross DeVos again. They would get some guy named Carl Logan. Now, Carl Logan is... Real name is Carl Mojolaski. He's a Polak. I could say Polak, right? Polak. He's a Polak. And uh, he joined Manowar in 1994 after um, he was basically on local gigs. In North he's, a, he's a guy from northeastern Pennsylvania. What do you know? A Polak from northeastern Pennsylvania. You know, that means he's what from? Like Scranton or something, right? Yeah. He's from Scranton, right? Yeah, definitely uh, makes sense. Um, now, um, Logan... This is funny, and this is kind of maybe contributes to Logan's future here. Um, he is an avid builder of fine scale models. I used to do that when I was a kid. Uh -oh. Like, you know, like build model airplanes and stuff. And, you know, he has various tutorial tutorial articles, maybe even videos on YouTube, who knows? Um, like yeah! Detailing weathering techniques, creating diagrams, and customizing parts from scratch. What are kind of models he builds? Fine skill. He's, he's featured in Fine Skill Modeler magazine, and um, his models uh, are centered around autos and military armored vehicles. He loves Panzers. He loves hulking Nazi war machines. Okay, obviously. Um, this Warriors of the World is. Um, it was a very different sound. Sorry, well, um, brothers, brothers of metal. metal. Brothers, I call it brothers of metal. Um, this album seemed very. This was the first of their albums no one liked. 
And I saw them live for this in 1996 at a place called Mother's. It was the loudest thing I ever heard. I probably mentioned that before. Um, but when they would play the new songs from Louder Than Hell, everyone kind of, they kind of lost the crowd. They would kind of attempt them. Like they knew the crowd wanted to hear the old stuff. It's weaker. It's weaker than, like, if you thought anything was weak on the last two albums, it's, 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 it's very, let's go move on to the next song. Um, it's very, so produced, it's so, like, heavy-footed, it's so just one, two, three, four. There's nothing dynamic about it. We're on number one now. This, this is a song. Is this song is hysterical. Because Man of War, they've come to do number one, not number two. It, they're telling you that. And that means, you know, it's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Is it number one or number two? So I know how long I'm going to have to. It's like, no, we're just doing number one in here. We're not taking a crap. That's what Man of War is saying. No, but this song is about, like, sports or something. It's about sports ball. I feel like they're trying to make, like, a jock song. We will rock you. Yeah. Is, this is a montage song. Uh huh. They didn't work. A football, maybe. Uh, Man of War. I know Scott Columbus is a is a huge Eagles fan. He was a huge Eagles fan, so maybe he was you know like, hey, let's make a song about sports. I don't know. Um, this is about like pushing. This is a song that would be on Rocky or something like during a training yeah, like montage. They, they wrote a montage. Yeah, and we're gonna do a episode on montage songs. Absolutely, like metal montage songs. Uh, or this, or this one. Why not? <laughs> you know, there's just there's a lot of you know. We we don't have much to work for. You know, work within metal. You know, we don't we can't really put Survivor on the list. You know, um, but yeah, this song is about like pushing yourself to the limit. You know, like you know, here are the starting gun. Maybe it's about running track. I don't know. About everything. It's fake. Yeah, it's just you know, it's about physical you know achievement, achievement. Pushing yourself to number one. We're gonna be number one. It's not about metal. They're not talking about metal. They're talking about, you know, athletic achievement. You know, the dad yelling at his kid, come on, come on, you, come on, score that touchdown. You gotta be number one. No college is gonna look at you if you're number two. We're not gonna hear them be number two, okay? It's an annoying song. I always thought it was funny. Man of War has, you know, is, as much as they sing about metal and death and the glory of metal and Vikings, some of their songs about, like, they have one song about American Indians. I think that was on, um, is that on this? Yeah, there's that one, too. There's the Outlaw song. There's the American, I don't know if the American Indian song is on this one. That wasn't a song, like, it's not a good song. No. But it's funny. It's just funny. It's very funny. I like listening to it. Yeah, it gets you, I, I, I never listen to this when I run, but I should, because it will get me. Pumped. It will get me pumped. I think so. I think it will. Anyway, let's move on. They do. And as cheesy as they are sometimes, this is the best workout music, whether you're lifting or running or whatever. You know, you got your headphones on. Like, this stuff works most of the time. So. Oh, yeah. This is kind of like, you know, an anthem-ish song from this. This is the song they played when I saw them live, and the crowd just went, Boo! Well, this song is bad. Yeah. It's just... The gods made heavy metal. It's just kind of the actual true. Not and they're claiming that they didn't invent metal. But I don't think men were ever claimed to invent metal. They're not that ridiculous. But the gods up there or below, whichever ones, um, he tells you the story. The you know all the how it went. It's almost like it's similar to the story on how um, Kim Jong Un was born. 
you know, like, it's, he tells a similar story. Like, if, you know, if any, like, North Korean dictator ever tells you the story of how they were born, like... Well, but if you... Yeah, and they said it was good. Obviously, yeah, they're, it's a, but using pagans instead of, you know, one god. But if you ever hear the origins of birth of any North Korean dictator, they tell pretty much the same story. They're like, there was a lightning strike on a greatest mountain high in North Korea, and I was... And I, and I appeared, you know, like, it's the same thing. Like, I think, like, the, the, the Kims of North Korea listen to Manowar, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Um, songs, definitely songs. I, I think most dictators, if they heard Manowar, they'd be like, yes. This is what I want. Um, you know, I can't really put a gauge on what kind of... No, he doesn't seem like a music guy. He's been to a Black Sabbath concert before. There was news of him wanting to meet Black Sabbath, but they kind of snubbed him. This is before his political career, but, like, Tony Tony Iommi kind of ditched him. But, like, he wanted to meet Black Sabbath. So, I don't know. I don't know. I can't really, you know, speak for his... He doesn't look like a music guy, though. You know, he doesn't seem like a guy who's into... He doesn't seem like a... He's not a passionate guy. You know, he's kind of like a dope. Yeah. This, this is where all of my knowledge of Manowar ends. And, right and most people's knowledge of Manowar, my knowledge of Manowar pretty much drops off an abyss here. I'm going to be purely You know, we had to, yeah, out. me too. We had to look up a lot of stuff here. Um, and, and you'll see the direction Manowar takes, and it kind of just gets worse and worse. Not that, like, this didn't take great talent to do, but this is an opera song. An opera. This is an opera. As, as Dan Aykroyd says about La Boheme in Trading Pages, it is an opera. This is called Nessum Dorma, and it is done, it's a song by, um, some guy, some Italian guy, and, and, uh, Eric Adams is singing in Italian. He's doing it very well. He does this song extraordinary, and this song has a wonderful crescendo, which I will, we will go to, because I, I could just picture, like, this would be the perfect song for, like, maybe, like, a, a boxer or a mixed martial arts fighting coming out to, like, if I was ever one of those, I would come out to this song. And when you get on the ring, that's right at the point where the crescendo is. Like, you'll see. You'll, you'll... So excited. Yes, it's a crescendo. Yeah, it has a crescendo. Um, this is off the Warriors of the World album. Warriors of the World album, 2002. Man of War yet made another album. And this is during a very low point in that metal, I think. That's a big break from their last album. Yeah, yeah. They, they, never, they never did anything like this before. No, I mean, their last album was 1996. Oh, yeah. I think, well, it was a metal crash. Metal was dead. Metal's still kind of dead at this point. Instead of compromising themselves, like the yeah. Metallica's and the Megadeth's. Yeah, they didn't, they, they, they abstained. Like, you could say they abstained instead of making a shitty album. Because this album might be not good, but it's not in the wrong direction, it's, though. It's in their genre. It's, it's, it's yes, it's doing what you expect. They're not trying to do like a Megadeth or a Metallica. They're not making a load. They're not making a risk. They're, they're not, they're not making a Diabolus and whatever the fuck Slayer made that that terrible Slayer album, they're not doing that. You know, they're like, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait a little bit till something good comes to us. No, 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 it has some normal songs that sound like the last album, but this is very different. And this album, of course, is dedicated to Eric Adams' mother who died earlier, you know, that year. So it means a lot to him. Here, are you at this part? Yes, we are sick of That is a crescendo. Isn't that amazing? You come out to the ring, listening. You know, you would. You'd have to come down really dramatically and slowly. And when you get into the ring, you take your robe off and turn. And all the lights come on. That's what I would like to do if I was a fighter, if I was in good shape. 
That's what I would do. I would come out. We'll get you there. I would come out. There actually was a fighter that used to come out to Man of War, but it wasn't this song. It was some like other song, but this. It's epic. So you know, Man of War fans are probably like, like the old you know, like Man of War, like they're like that guy, like you know, the mouth breather guy. He probably wasn't having this song. He's probably like, what the fuck? I don't listen to no opera. It's epic though. So that's Warriors of the World in a nutshell. We don't really have to get into the, the next album. Oh, he does that scream at the end. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Okay. The next album was called Gods of War. It's about Vikings. It was a, a concept album about Vikings. Everything else wasn't a concept No, but this was like a concept album. Like, like the concept was like, like Viking mythology with wounds and stuff. Like they really got into it, and I think a lot of people were like, okay, it was kind of like when Judas Priest did that Nostradamus album. Like, and people were like, what the fuck? Same thing. It was like a, a, a direct, you know, a, a, a hard concept of something in particular. And this is their tenth album by Manowar. I, I like, I, I like the beginning. I like that riff. That it's kind of. A and they had this chant at the end, which we have to get to, which I really like. I was kind of... It's in, it's in five minutes from now? What will I ever talk about in five minutes? Maybe we can fast forward. And I feel like we have to go to that chant they do at the end. Because it's kind of almost like a march, you know? It's just... But Gods of War was, um... You know, they wanted to do a number. Man War's original plan was to do a number of concept albums with different themes. Like, say, one on, like, North mythology, one on... Greco-Roman, they kind of wanted to do like different things, but I guess it didn't really pan out for them, you know. And this song is called Odin, of course, after, you know, um, after Chase's dog, they named it Odin. Oh, you mean Odin's a god, too? Oh, I thought it was a dog. This goes out to you, Odin. Be good. Odin, stop barking at people. Odin's a big wolf dog. He's a big, this goes out to Odin. He's a big white wolf dog. He looks like that Game of Thrones thing, I guess. Like, you know, people kind of compare it to that. But, you know, he's a big, scary dog. He's a very nice dog. But if you're his enemy, you're probably going to die. Like, he's going to kill you. Like, now that we're going to talk about Odin. <laughs> Odin, Odin, had, you know, back when Odin lived in Brooklyn, he didn't have a yard, so he just kind of wasn't that aggressive. But when we went to Oregon, where Odin lives now, he has a yard now. So, like, he kind of got territorial. So when people would, you know, we were sitting, you were there. You know, he's sitting there, like, someone came up to the house, some sort of salesman came up to the house, and Odin's just like... <laughs> like he was like, you're gonna die. And the guy was like, oh shit. Like the guy, you should have seen the guy's face. I mean, because if that, you know, it's like a giant white wolf from your nightmares, Odin. So like, you know, if that thing was chasing you in the, in the dark, in the snow, like it'd be your worst nightmare. I mean, it's the nicest dog ever, but if you were his prey, you know, you're dead. Right, Chase? <laughs> you know, your dog, that dog of yours. But this song is also about the Norse god, Odin. The guy that wears like the eye patch, he was featured on the Thor movie. You know, that's all. <laughs> so is, the, is the music bad on these albums? Mostly, yeah. I like. The, I picked this song because I'm okay with this song, but they are all kind of like that. We're not gonna get to that. We're not gonna get to that chant. Um, but you know, this would be Scott Columbus's last album as he would choose to leave the band in 2008. And according to Scott Columbus from an interview, uh, I say about 2008 when uh, Mr. Joey DeMaio um, and myself agreed to disagree on a few points of interest, according to Scott Columbus. And that led us up where we are today. And 
you know what? He said, I had a long, wonderful career at Manowar and I have no regrets. And I just left and moved on. And the, the uh, interviewer asks, what we classify your reasons for the split? Uh, personal, financial, or musical? He's like, all three. He's like, all the above, man. Like, my answer is yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, my answer is yes. Oh, here's the chant. We made it. There's actually another part, there's another song on this album that just has the chant. It's like, yeah, I like this. I like, it's, that's an epic chant, you know? He's talking about like this going to Valhalla, you know? I know, but this is, they're doing it again because many Vikings die in battle, bravely. Yeah, that, well, there's no matching gates of Valhalla, but this is like a revisiting of the gates as many Vikings. Okay, next. This, okay, Manowar is good. Manowar actually had an album, um, oh no, well, we'll get to that later. Um, this is strange. You've probably heard this song before. This is a new version of this song, Fast Taker. Um, from, okay, so album, Manowar did something ridiculous that no metal band has ever done. They re-released Battle Hymns, their first album. They didn't just re-release it, remaster it. They re-recorded it. Um, they call this Battle Hymns 2009 in Roman numerals. Uh, if you read... That's 11? Oh, so they made the album in 2010. X, no, 2000. I can't read Roman numerals. I read Arabic numbers. X-I is 11. Oh, I thought it was... Okay, yeah. Backwards. Sorry. Your maledictus isn't that smart anymore. Um, 2011, Battle Hymns. As you see, this song is the same song, Fast Taker. However, it's re-recorded. It's a little slower, a little less aggressive. I like the way they, I like the sound they got on these on these songs. You know, Joey Demo almost has that original sound back. It's not as vicious, but like they're you know, obviously because they're re-recording their first album, so it's got they got to sort of capture that. And actually, Ross the Boss plays on this, um, plays on some songs on this, not on this song, but he played on some of the songs on this. They actually got Ross the Boss back, which is really cool. And for Dark Avenger, instead of reusing Orson Welles' voice, they got Christopher Lee, other brother of metal, Christopher Lee, who had his own metal band, to do the voice. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, this, this, the idea of doing this is ridiculous. This is Manowar admitting that no one likes their new shit. No one, like Rostaball said, you're never going to get any new fans. That's them going to the desperate place of re-recording their albums you know and this won't be the this won't be the last one i not that i know of i i should do research i don't think so oh yeah man of war is known to do ridiculous things and um they re-recorded this thing from the ground up um it's like i said it sounded good but but really guys like it's just you just can't do that they did it again um, Man of War would have another full-length album after this, their last, you know, original album, called The Lord of Steel, which I could not find, like, it, it's, I call this a flyover album, okay, because it's just, there's nothing to it. Like, we're not gonna have any songs from it, because I simply couldn't find any available songs from it uh, anywhere in my catalog and from on the internet, so, it's just not worth talking about. Like, it, it's just... Manowar is at that point where like no I like I don't care what you came out with. So Manowar probably realizing realizing that they followed up with a remake of 
the most Manowar album ever. As if the most Manowar album ever wasn't Manowar enough, they re-Manowared and re-recorded their most Manowar album again, make, trying to attempting to make it even more Manowar than the last time they were Manowar. Um, Kings of Metal. Kings of Metal. Re-recorded by uh, old guys. By old men. Tuned down, of course, because Eric Adams can no longer sing that high. Uh, what is that Roman numeral? Uh, so 2015? Oh, so it's just like the Arabic numbers say. Kings of Metal, 2014. Um, I like what they did with this. Um, this is, of course, Blood of the Kings, another anthem. Of course, um, Manowar's been a lot of places since they originally recorded this album, so they took the liberty of adding two more verses worth of countries they've conquered, which, you know, I guess they need to update the song. They up. This is one. This is one of the few songs... Yeah, they record, but instead they record the whole album again. They didn't really update any other songs. They added a couple of things to some other songs that made them sound good that I really liked. But I don't think the song improves on it. Um, I, 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 it was a, it was a clearer sound. It wasn't though. It wasn't as raw, you know. But it's better. It sounded better than their last five albums, though. Whatever this album. That's what I liked about it. It's not hard. Yeah, that isn't too hard. Cause it, you know, like they had to attempt to recapture that sound. This part, they're going to go over all the countries. So he can't sing anymore. He has to sing lower, and they have to tune down in order to compensate. A lot of bands go through that. Metallica does the same thing. They can't. When you when, when you get older, you can't get that ah anymore. You can't do it. It's just not possible. So he's singing like way lower and way less enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an old. They're they're almost seventy. They're old. Look, they added some countries, you know? Hail and kill! They went to Turkey, they went to Russia, they went to Israel. Uh, what is Man... Okay, so that is... Uh, that is effectively at Man of War's last album. Um, so, Man of War, in that time, has... You know, they've gotten a little um, entrepreneurial. And somewhere along the way frustrated with record labels, I don't blame you. You, When you're Manowar, you kind of have to do your own thing because record labels are kind of going to ignore you after a while. They formed their own record label called Magic Circle Music. It's founded by Joey DeMaio, 2005 actually. Um, and uh, it's named after um, Richard Wagner's Der Ring Nas Na, Na, Nibelugen. What does that mean? Does that mean magic? I don't know. It's, it's some, you know, Wagnerian Nazi stuff. You know, they like Wagner because, you know, he's very dictatorial. He's very, you know, into Germanic, you know, white things. <laughs> very white things that are Germanic. Um, this, uh, of course, like most bands who form their own labels, like Clutch, <laughs> gets full creative control, which is important for a band on their stage. Metallica did the same thing. Um, and, uh, of course, they would sign other bands, and it seems like most of the bands they signed... Um, were bands that are really like in their immediate circle. Um, former members and local people. They have some, um, a number of bands that they signed to Magic Circle, you know, in, in addition to themselves. A band called Bludgeon. Bludgeon. <laughs> I will bludgeon you. The David Shankle. Oh, I guess, I think David Shankle is eternally indebted to Manowar. He signed with Manowar. I think when you sign with Manowar, you're, he owns your soul. Because David Shankle still works for these guys in his own nobody group. 
uh, Feinstein. And if you don't know who Feinstein is, he is the co-founder of Elf with Ron James Dio. He is some nobody in upstate New York, and Manowar owns him now. Another band called Holy Hell, which was featured in Manowar's tribute to Dio. Uh, that's another story. Manowar, actually, during their Magic Circle times, uh, made their own tribute uh, after the death of Ronnie James Dio. And there was a there was a major release done by where bands included were Metallica, um, Rob Halford, uh, Corey Taylor, <laughs> and Tenacious D, uh, which is just Jeremy, yeah, J- Jimmy, J- Jamie Jasta, uh, Glenn Hughes, uh, you know, a lot of like very popular um, Scott Ian, Anthrax, all the big people, Hellstrom, you know, and of course Man of War for some reason, you know, was. Um, triggered that for some reason they weren't invited to do this this is what this is proof that they had to fight the world maybe Manowar was white the people are trying to stop them so Manowar made their own with Magic Circle Records featuring some of the bands on this uh, like Jack like Jack Stars Burning Star and Holy Hell they're all featured on this album Manowar did most of the songs Manowar of course starts the album and I guess I should have put this on the playlist I don't know but maybe not really yeah you heard did you hear it you heard it right oh you never heard it I should have put this on the playlist I don't, I don't know I wasn't like clearly thinking of it um, um, yeah, God, it's probably not on Spotify, is it? Yeah, uh, it was on YouTube. I used to listen to it on YouTube. However, Manowar opens the album with, um, yeah, Manowar opens with a Black Sabbath song. They open with, um, Heaven and Hell. And, uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I think the album was pretty, you know, the songs that Manowar did. Of course, Manowar kind of has these nobody bands from upstate New York on their label doing some of the songs, too. But it's their own attempt to pay tribute to Dio, the late Dio, who was very dear to them as a band. So I thought that was important, you know. So, I don't think it was like they asked and it was, you know, it was like, no, it was like, they did, I don't think the people that made that didn't, you know, even know who Man and War is mostly. Though, no, Lars has made fun, like Lars has actually talked about Man and War, he totally, like, knock them he's like he, he, he said something about them that would really probably trigger lots of Manowar fans like he yeah, totally just like yeah 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 pretty much he was like oh really well kings of metal like whoa guys you guys are really cool yeah like you know Lars is you know just saying what anyone would really say about them you know and uh okay playlist over um but where is Manowar now though obviously they're you know involved in this media company but uh, where has Manowar ended up? Let's let's go over all, all the members, all the former members, and Manowar themselves, ultimately. Now, Scott Clemens, as you know, left the band in 2008. Um, and after that, him and longtime brother of metal, Ross DeBoss, uh, uh, collaborated on a project, I think on Ross DeBoss's solo project at the time. Uh, sadly, Scott Clemens passed away in 2010, um, Manowar announced when it happened with Great Sorrow, we announced the passing of our brother Scott Columbus, a rare talent, equally rare individual, a father, a friend, and brother of metal. Uh, all the great moments we spent together are burnished. What a strange word. And our hearts and memories, for it is not as a mistake, burnished. That's not a word. It's okay, Manowar. It's all right, Manowar. Burnished. <laughs> Maybe the person who wrote this did it wrong. I don't know. Um, we all know he's in a good place and he will never be forgotten. Your family and brothers, Joey, Eric, Carl, and Donnie. Donnie Hamzik replaced him. Again, Donnie Hamzik, of course, was the original German man where they got him to replace. Yes, he must, he's probably just hanging around at some bar in Auburn, New York. He's like, oh, and he's like, oh, I was was waiting for you guys. We're calling you now. He's like, all right. They're like, all right, Donnie, we got to get rid of you. This is like back in like 1982. 
And he's like, all right, God, I'll just, I'll just wait here. They're like, all right, you do that. And like, he's just sitting at the bar for like 20 years. And they're like, hey, you want to, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I've been here. He just didn't even miss a beat. So that's what happened. So Donnie was back in the band and, you know, all the people at Magic Circle Music. Um, no one ever revealed why Scott died. It was one of those things where they weren't talking about it. Some say it was a suicide, which I, I subscribe to that, that conspiracy theory. Uh, when Joey, upon hearing that fans were and people that were interested in this, were talking about that, Joey DeMaio claimed that a concert, he called out conspiracy theories, um, following Scott's, immediately following Scott's death, claiming their lives have no meaning. So Joey was very angry that people were theorizing, just even just that sort of, you know, chatter was taking place joey was very triggered by it you know like i th- i think that's what happened you know like he, i don't think things were going well no right? my life has no meaning because i think scott columbus might have taken his own life okay or maybe it was a problem with pill i don't know his son was sick and his son was sick too so but i think his life i think he had just gotten his third divorce at the time when he died like i think like things were not going well for him so, you know, being that he lives in upstate New York, people tend to be, you know, addicted to pills and stuff due to our, our oppressive um, and aggressive pharmaceutical industry, you know, and I'm theorizing that that had something to do with his death, okay? That's just me. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Rhino, you know, also known as... Oh, did I skip some? Oh, I skipped some. Well, I went down to Rhino. Why did I go to Rhino? Ross the Boss, um, founder of Manowar, um, he frequently returns to his band, The Dictators, whenever they're on tour, which is, they're not right now, but when they are, he's played with them. You know, he is a dictator forever. And, uh, and that's one thing that proves Ross the Boss is truly a dynamic and open-minded person when it comes to all music. He plays a very different kind of music with The Dictators, and he's able to do that, and that's really part of his style. Uh, currently, Ross the Boss has embarked on a worldwide tour with his solo band, Ross the Boss, who are an amazing band. You definitely need to check them out. He is upholding metal. He's upholding the classic Man of War sound that Man of War can no longer do, okay? Uh, Ross actually also owns the cage, batting cages in Queens, uh, metal and baseball. So you, you should definitely check it out. I want to go there. I love going to batting cages. I love hitting balls. You do? With, yeah, I do. I love doing that. Time picturing that. It's silly. I'm not good at. I don't have a good form with a bat, but I like doing it. It's you know kind of gets off the stress. You hit a ball, so sounds like fun. And, and you know Ross the boss. You know you probably play arcade games and stuff. Sounds like fun. Uh, David Schenkel, uh, guitarist for one album, Triumph of Steel, Shredder guitarist. Uh, he of course went back to his band, the David Shankel Group, which doesn't sound very exciting. Who are owned by um, <laughs> Magic Circle Records, apparently. Uh, Shankel was owned by was endorsed by Dean Guitars in two thousand nine, and Dean Dean released a signature model, the DS Seven, the Shred Machine. As David Shankel is a pointless shredder. He's not a super guitarist, like say you know Carl Logan might be considered. He's a, he's a, just a shredder, which means he plays. He's come, almost like Vinnie Vincent, who also sucks. You know, he just. You guys just play really fast, and you have no feeling. You know, you and Vinny Vincent should start a band together and call it Shred. Loser's Shred. Um, oh, it has tw- and the guitar has 29 frets. That's not even mathematically possible. Um, that's a lot more frets than the maximum number of frets. Most, you know, a full, you know, a guitar made for soloing usually has 24 frets, which is, you know, an even number. You know, it's a it's a mathematical number. It's there for a reason that he has um, twenty nine. So 
That's what David Shankle's doing. It's not much. Rhino, um, he went to another band called Angels of Babylon. And uh, though he still, you know, has appeared with Manowar a number of times, there was actually some major show that took place maybe like about 10 years ago where Manowar actually appeared with three drummers and all of their members ever. It's really something you should look it up on YouTube. It's really an epic concert. It features all Manowar members ever. And you know, Rhino, that's the first time I found out Rhino was real. I'm like, oh, there he is. He's real. Um, um, and like I said, he and David Shankle appear to be under contract by DeMaio and Magic Circle Music still. And um, as their names both come up on the roster, like once again, Joey DeMaio owns your soul when you sign with him. Uh, next, uh, more interestingly and more recently in the news, um, longtime guitarist since the early 90s, Carl Logan... The guy who, you know, whatever his Polish name was. Uh, I guess you want you want to change your name to Carl Logan when you have, like, a long Polish name. But uh, Logan, you know, in his better days, uh, released a line of custom-designed guitars, which are sold through Manowar's website. I wonder if that's still happening, uh, based on the next news we're about to tell you. Um, Logan used to also do private lessons on a Skype. So he doesn't actually meet with you. He actually kind of just... Does, uh, yeah, it does sound really awkward. And what you find out next is going to make it even more awkward. Uh, and more recently, um, the uh, this is about, you probably heard about this, but uh, apparently uh, Carl Logan is a weird perv. That's right. Um, he is the ultimate creep master in perv. Uh, on October 25th, 2018, pretty recently, it was revealed that Logan was arrested on August 9th, which this news came out later. So Manowar, in their tradition of keeping everything secret, didn't really let this out until months later. So it happened earlier. And this happened in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and he was apparently apprehended for possessing child pornography. All right, this is no joke. Um, he's charged with six grounds of third-degree exploitation of a minor. His bail was set to $35,000, which he has bonded out. He has that kind of money. And... Um, Band issued a statement shortly that they would not perform with uh, him from now on. He was <laughs> obviously um, out of the band, I would think. If Manowar did not have him out of the band, that would be kind of weird. Uh, evidence real that Logan was in possession of several videos, like VHS tapes, depicting young girls between ages of 4 and 12 engaging. What, what, what is wrong with, what the fuck? Like, this guy should be in serious jail. Uh, of, I think he's going to serious. I thing. hope he does. He's a creep master. Did you ever see his haircut? Like, he has this weird... Any guy that builds models in his basement. Okay, I used to do so that, but I, I was a teenager when I did that. I was like, that's what teenagers... That's what nerdy teenagers do. You know, that, like, nobody talks to. But he's not that. He's, like, in a metal band where, you know, people probably like him. Like, girls probably want to get with him. But no, that's not good enough. He needs to do weird-ass shit. Okay, and um, so he watched these videos, you know, depicting minors and sexual acts. Um, and according to his arrest warrants, uh, the offenses took place between June 18th and August 2nd, 2018. That's when he did this. He probably has a long record. Those are the only ones they caught him for. So it's safe to say he's out of the band. Carl Logan, you're a weird perv with a weird haircut, and I always thought you were creepy. There, I said it. Okay, bring back Ross the Boss. But of course, that's not going to happen. Ross the Boss is doing useful things with his life. Um, now, finally, Manowar. What is Manowar doing? Where is Manowar? After, you know... So, Manowar is currently in Russia on this current day. 
Um, they are embarked on this final battle tour, which doesn't seem to ever come to America. Now, I want to say this final battle tour, they've announced their final battle like probably like three or four years ago. Basically, this is them saying they're retiring. A lot of people were rejoicing. They're like, finally, Manowar's retiring, you know. And, of course, Manowar's been retiring for the past three years, lost in Europe. Like, they've never, I don't think they've ever come home. I think like, they just forgot about America. I think they're like, America doesn't exist. It was nuked. It's they gone. They love us over here. I think Manowar loves Europe more. Yeah. They I do far they do. better in Europe, especially in Russia. A place like Russia, they do very well. Um, but, yeah, and they were also supposed to release... A new album in 2016. That was three years ago. I I guess it's not as bad as Tool, but, you know, it's getting there, guys. I don't know if I want to hear a new album from you guys. Is it going to be another... No, it's okay. It wasn't going to be a remake. It was going to be, like, another... It's so, okay. in, in, in 2019, that's not... It's this year, and I'll be damned if they actually do this, they were going to play the Arctic Circle in Long Yerbin, Long, Long Yerbin, Norway. Long Yerbin. And, um... The, more, the world's most northmost settlement in the world. So, Manowar was going to play a show there. They're going for another world record. Yeah, well, I don't think Metallica played Antarctica, so I don't know if they could... They're going for the north, I guess? You know, I don't know. But Metallica got a lot more um, recognition. Uh, they they yeah, I think that's still... Like, we need to do that. So, um, Manowar has officially replaced uh, child porn aficionado and creepy model builder Carl Logan with Evie Martell for this final tour. And uh, apparently David Shankle was in the gig, but they were like, nah, that's good. We're, we're good, David Shankle. You, 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 you're still Evie under contract. Martell. I don't know. He's just some guy. Like, literally. Like, sorry, Shankle. Yeah, he's some guy. They'd rather just pick, well, David Shankle, in all honesty, is just some guy, too, really. Um, as, as, um... Of course, original drummer Donnie Hamzik was let go like a <laughs> few guy. a few years again. He's like, all right, like, Donnie, we don't need you anymore. Go back to the bar. He's like, will you guys call me when you? Yes, we'll totally call you when we need you. Uh, he it, he was asked to leave by Joey DeMaio. That's what happens when you leave Manowar. You're asked to leave. You're asked to leave by Joey DeMaio, and um, for undisclosed undisclosed reasons, Manowar hardly even announced it. As per usual, Manowar policy of silence, as they never tell us anything. If you care about us fans so much, you should share things with us. And it was promptly replaced by Brazilian Manowar tribute band drummer Marcus Castellini. Once again, Manowar is down to two founding members. And uh, we're still waiting for that final battle, guys. So keep on fighting the world. Man of War, and thank you for everything you've given us. That is the story of Man of War in a nutshell. Did we leave out anything? Uh, probably every, probably everything. <laughs> Maybe a few things. But you know, we hit the, the main beats. Yeah, we told we went through Man of War. This is our first um bios episode, so we'll get better at this. It's not your usual bio. We're just gonna normally we're just gonna boringly read you facts. Like, does anyone really want to hear hard facts about? So it's going to be more, you know, an opinion piece, you know, kind of like how the news is today. It's all about opinions. Um, it's an editorial, okay? That's what this is. Um, it's really our take on Man of War through their, through their catalog, okay? Through their entire catalog. And that's what we're going to do for these types of episodes, these Metal Bios episodes. We're going to go through catalogs. We're going to comment on a bit. And man, we thought Man of War was a good start, being that my artwork is um, using Manowar's Kings of Metal album, My Face Superimposed, which Manowar hasn't discovered yet. When they do, they will probably sue me for the no money I have. Um, we so, haven't made any money off of 
No, I haven't. I have a, you know, I, I can't say I've lost money, but, you know, I kind of had this stuff already. Like, I didn't buy this shit for the podcast. Um, Should we talk about? Yeah. So be, when Men of War goes away, which they might never, they might just be in the European limbo forever. But if they do, who will pick up this gauntlet? Who will pick up the gauntlet of the legacy of Manowar? And with that, we have to start up the playlist again. Uh-oh, you thought I was done with you people. No. So, um, so who will pick up the... We've, we've been listening to a whole bunch of bands recently, and, you know, being that we're into Manowar, obviously people that sound like Manowar will come up on our Spotify list, so it makes us, helps discover music. And some of these bands that we think are worthy of carrying on this torch or wearing these gauntlets of metal. We have three contenders. Yeah, there's three contenders. And um, one old one, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, so the first band is called, from L.A., Ex Mortis. And these guys are one of these super guitarist bands. I mean, they, they do a lot of classical music. They're one of those amazing guitar bands. But their themes involve many Man of War-like subjects. You know, they were formed in 2002. They sing about swords and metal and battle and many things that Man of War sang about. And these guys breathe. Warrior of the Night. Warrior of the Night. That's pretty Man of War in a lot of ways. Of course, they feature a much harsher voice than Man of War. But, and of course. Musically, they're a bit Yeah, they're definitely more complex than Man of War would ever be. They'll never, they'll never have that aggression Man of War had in their early days. These guys are definitively a metal band. Yes, they're very precise. They're very trained. They're very classically think, trained. You know, the, the themes they have in common is their artwork is, like, they obviously love they're, Manowar's covers. Yeah, they're using uh, Frank Frazetta they pictures. They love all the Manowar themes, like yeah. and battle and the glory of metal. They have a song yeah. called Metal is King. Yes, so they're, so they're one of clearly... They're that will also sing about metal. They're paying homage to Manowar clearly with a name like that. Yes, but musically, it's not quite there, but they're contenders. It's far more complicated than Manowar will ever be. Um, they're very, like, I wouldn't want to call them progressive, but they're very classically trained. They're very orchestrated um, in their guitar work. They're very technical. Very technical. Extremely technical. And there's a lot of bands, like, that's like a new thing today with a lot of the young bands. They're actually, like, really good, which annoys me. Um, I love these guys. Yeah, they're, they're a very good band. There's, you know, there's nothing bad to really say about them, only that they're too good. And it frustrates me. Um, you know, they've done recorded performances of Moonlight Sonata, so they're really into their classical music. Um, uh, but I think they do it with a lot more precision they're than better. Joey DeMaio. Oh, well, well, sure. It's just him playing, like, yeah. the play of the yeah, whereas like, the whole band these guys are doing it as a band. Us. Yes, they're doing it as a band together, which is really, you know, impressive. Yeah. So, so that explains Ex Mortis in a nutshell. Uh, this next band is from Sweden. Um, if you're really into metal, you probably heard these guys. They're called Sabaton. They sing about mostly war, history, and metal. Um, they have a huge cult following. I went to a Sabaton show once. They actually, um, Trivium had the, uh, made the mistake of, of, of being the headliner to Sabaton. Okay, when Sabaton basically sapped all the energy out of the crowd in a good way, meaning everyone was going berserk during Sabaton. When Trivium came on, people were like, who fucking cares? I I told it before. before because it was an epic story of how the effect Sabaton has on a metal crowd. Um, some might call these guys cheesy. No one gives a fuck. They get people going. Yeah, these guys are cheesy in the same way as 
Yeah. Yeah. They think about more modern war, though. Yeah, they're a bit more historical. Yeah. Yeah. Of metal. Yeah, these guys aren't. These guys are sort of honoring soldiers of all countries, whether it's Russia or Nazi Germany or America. Um, they're very European. They're very. They're a very walking band. Yeah, it's a cult. Yeah, and they're very. Yeah, they're very. Yes, definitely. Without a doubt. And uh, um, Sabaton actually has a song where they mention Man of War. They talk about all the bands they're into, and they definitely mention Man of War in the chorus. Um, in the end, they're very Euro. Very. They're Swedes. Um, they're not like your typical Swedish bands. They're not like trying to be cool. So the like sound in, isn't there. Yeah. They're not, you know, like I did my episode on Swedish bands. I didn't include Sabaton because Sabaton's not going for that retro sound. They're going for really a cutting edge kind of metal sound. You know, or a cutting edge um, interpretation of bands like Manowar. Uh, this song is called Primo Victoria. It's about the storming of the beaches in Normandy. It's a song about history. It's, it's, I think they have like a history, like, know, it's a podcast or like something. Oh, really? They have a show. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. they're talking about this. I think they're very into that talks about the, military the, history. The history behind all their songs. And they, on their stage, they have like a this mock up of a tank and. Um, the singer, whatever his name is, I forget his name, dresses in camouflage and he wears this, like, vest. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but no one ever said that. No one's like, no, I never heard any metal fan ever be like, these guys are kind of silly. People will throw Man of War under the bus before they ever throw these guys under the bus, and that's the truth. You know, these, just, these guys just make people go crazy, and they're great. When I first heard this song, I was like, I was sold. I was like, whoa, that is cool. Even even Gary liked this. Even Gary liked this song. Did you believe that shit? Uh, I think they give Euro Pass. Though they're from Sweden, so that takes a little bit Euro Pass away, because you're kind of expected to be cool if you're from Sweden. You know? You don't really get one. But if you're from Denmark, it's another story. Okay. Um, this this next song. My pick. Yes. Warrior Queen. Of the Inheritor of the Throne. They should take it. This band is called Visigoth. Visigoth. The newest band we've got on here. Yeah. Formed in 2010. The bands were like early Yeah. And where are they from? They're from Salt Lake City, Utah. Are they Mormons? Maybe. It takes an American band to replace Man of War. You need that. A European band might be great and they might be really inspired by Man of War, but they cannot replace Man of War being European. You have to have that American trashiness to you. You need that. And being that these guys are from Utah, Salt Lake City, they might have that. It's a shitty place. But, you know, they're singing about battles. Yep. Swords. More than you know, more than those two previous bands. Like these guys are doing it with more heart than say Ex Mortis is not doing it the same way. Basically, they're much closer. Yes, they'd say Ex Mortis. I think this guy, this vocalist, yeah, big yeah, yeah. These guys are definitely into the like Man of War in a deep way. Okay. You know. I would say though that these guys are like deep nerds. Yeah, they're nerds though. Like I, I was watching a live video of theirs, and the singer was uh, like. This song is about Girl Abrivia. And I was like, it took me a second. I was like, who is that? I was like, that's from a video game. That so is the Witcher. So, Manowar would never <laughs> sing about video games. Manowar has never played a video game. The thing about Manowar is they're not nerds. Like, these guys are fucking These nerds. guys, and it takes, unfortunately, a band that's going to really channel Manowar accurately are going to be nerds. Yeah. I don't think some, like, a bunch of mouth breathers. That's just a sign of the time. 
yeah, are going to channel man. Mouth breathers might like mana war, but they're not going to make a mana war. You know, yeah. that's not going to happen. It's going to take real D and D playing nerds, video game guys that like The Witcher, guys that like Warcraft. That's what it's going to take. Guys that like all those other dumb games. Man war fans, watch out. Yeah, so you're going to need them. Don't watch out for them. Like like them, um, support them, because your mana war is going away. Apparently, unless they just. Like, no, we can't go away. We need the money. Um, so, and finally, one guy that you're going to need to keep the Man of War going when Man of War goes away is none other than Ross the Boss. With Ross the Boss's band, Ross the Boss, he is doing, he is holding up Man of War like no one can, and he's a member, okay? He, he's like Man of War, but he's not fucking lazy, okay? He's doing it. He is my favorite member of Manowar. I I respect him more than anything. He is real. He's he's he hasn't watched child porn. I mean, he's he's real. He's a real guy from Queens. Okay. Um, this song is called Crom. You know what Crom is? Crom. If you don't, if you forsake me, then to hell with you. Like he's singing about Conan, right? What's better than that? What's more, Manowar? Well, Manowar kind of sang about Conan on the Secret of Steel. I think they're singing about Conan. I think. Or maybe they just made that shit up. But the secret of seal is something that's from the Conan movie. You know, from the um, Into Glory Ride album. But this is, you know... But they have a lot of... They have a couple of albums. Um, they feature um, singer uh, Patrick Fuchs. Patrick Fox. Um, who's singing. It's not Ross the Boss singing. Ross the Boss is not a singer. But Ross the Boss is a great guitarist. And he's a very natural guitarist. He's not a super guitarist. He plays from the heart. He plays rock. You know, any guy that played in the Dictators is not going to be a super guitarist. He's a real rock and roll guitarist. You know, he doesn't play some wild guitar. He plays a Gibson SG. He's for real. He's home down. He's from a garage, man. He's a real guy. Um, that's why we love Ross the Boss. And every Man of War fan loves Ross the Boss. And we um, long for those days of Ross the Boss and Man of War. So, you know, and this isn't Man of War, but this will never be as powerful as Man of War was. But we're going to have, you know, I'll take this. And I'd love to see Ross the Boss. Um, and last, we'll give one more song from Ross the Boss. And this is a cover. Well, I'm not going to call it a cover because it's Ross the Boss' goddamn fucking song. You know, how can he cover his own song? This is Each Don't I Die from the Hail to England album. I love this song. Ross the Boss is doing it. I mean, it sounds good. It almost has that. I mean, you'll never be able to recreate that Man of War sound of back then. Was, they did that through lack of technology. The technology's at a point where you probably can't make that sound anymore, you know? Unless you got that technology from back then, you know? And that probably costs more money to do than actually having modern technology. So, but, you know, they're capturing that dirty sound in a way that Man of War had back then. You know? Yeah, it's, it's all good. I, you, These guys are really worth listening to, you know? And they're... Yeah, it's, when they do Man of War songs, it's like, yeah, they do a couple of Man of War songs, it's like, yes. I like how sinister this sounds. It does. It's got that sinister Man of War feel. And Man of War used More to have, than, than the original. It, it, it's amazing. It, and I always like that, like, you know, that kind of evil, uneasy sound that they used to do sometimes. And these guys are capturing it well, doing it even better. So that is our legacy of Man of War. So we, 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 um. That was a doozy. Yeah. We, uh, we ask of these bands to hold up the flame. 
of metal in the way Manowar did. There's a lot of metal bands out there, it's different kinds of metal, but this type of metal shouldn't die along with Manowar, though the enemies of metal would like to see it die. The enemy, those enemies of metal might come after all and try to stop you. I don't know, they're, they're out there. It's kind of like how, you know, like some politicians might say there's an enemy out there and there really isn't one, you know, just so they can make more weapons or whatever. Well, it's the same thing with Manowar. They're like, just they're out there, buy our albums or else we'll die. So that's our story of Manowar. My voice is gone. We are two hours and a half in record podcast. <laughs> this was a mistake. We can't do this much. I can't talk. I'm still. My voice is still here. Apparently, this is gonna be fun editing. Hopefully, I won't edit that much. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is all with the playlist. Let's go. Let's close this podcast. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media, including Twitter at Here Lies Metal, Facebook at Here Lies Metal, Instagram at Metal Lies Here, and give me an email. Shoot me an email if you hated this episode uh, at HereLiesMetal at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to Here Lies Metal on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and even Spotify. Uh, if you think this podcast sucks, rate us. You only have the right, you only have the power to destroy us with your bad rating. Uh, if you're an enemy of metal and you want to destroy us, you probably could on the internet these days. You could just say that I'm a Nazi or something, and people be like, He's, or, I'm a, I, or I watch child porn or something, and that, that's it, you know? You could just, well, if like, what, they're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> they're like, that's a good idea. Uh, but you have to prove that, though. You know, I don't have a criminal record because of that, so. But even if you said that, people would think I'm guilty, right? Just before. Because they'd be like, look at that guy. He used to build models. Oh, he's definitely. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we've been drinking a lot of water. And it's still, and, you know, I still can't talk. It's our passion to bring you, listener, Tales of Metal. However, if you'd like to support the show, donate your Danish or highly appreciated. You could donate to me at Patreon, forward slash here lies metal dot com. Thank you for listening. Go fuck yourselves. Death to false metal. Death to false metal. Death to false metal. Death to false metal. May false promise and deceivers swing from the trees. Goodbye. May black wind fire and steel come your day. Come your way. Goodbye. Man of war forever. Thank you. <laughs>